Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Dang it. Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, mouth. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. Noon hour is hit. Welcome in. It's uh, it's a hump day. It's the middle of the week, but you've only put one day of work in because of the holidays, and you're probably going to go with a little short work week later on this week. We got bowl games this afternoon, including UCF. So the uh, the clan will be gathering uh, at the uh, Joe C. Pad as we get ready for UCF football against the Fighting Blue Devils of Duke later on today. There's a bunch of bowl games to get into, and we welcome you to a Wednesday, Joe C. Big Sirs, minus Matt and Mia. They are off for, well, Matt for the rest of the week, Mia for a couple more days. JJ's got it going, and uh, we certainly welcome you to jump in and hang out with us. Wednesday's brought to you by the Golf Club of Southampton. Beautiful sunshine. It's going to get into the low 60s. So head on out. 287-PLAY is the number to call. Some people are afraid of the cold. This is a great time to take advantage of it. You can get on the tee and enjoy a beautiful golf course. So that number, 287-PLAY, definitely uh, get with them. Now, I, I told Fat Tony and Johnny O with uh, the handoff just a second ago, Big Sirs, that you said in our pre-show uh, a, a little HTH. Uh, h- how the hell are they going to lose to these Houston Texans? <laughs> There's no way. Yet, we will roll through the scoreboard from the last nine times, and somehow, some way, this football team found a way to lose that football team. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where's the motivation for the Houston Texans to actually play in this game. Am I right? You're two, what? You're two fourteen and one, right? That's their record, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been they've been scrapping it up with a lot of teams. They've been taking teams to overtime. They've been losing about three points and everything. Like, I just want to make sure that we're not lulled to sleep by the Houston Texans on the road uh, because it, you got it'd be very interesting to see how the Jaguars respond to being a top of the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been the bottom feeders for a very long time, and we scrapped our way all the way up to the top. Now we're at the top. How do you respond being the front runner? You know. It's very interesting to see how this team is going to respond being the front runner of the division with everything right before you. Yeah. So I'll, I'm go- and I'm glad everybody's playing. Nobody needs to rest. What are you resting for? You've had the holidays, the eggnog, the gifts, and everything mm-hmm. like that. That Christmas <laughs> is over. All right, Christmas is over. Let's get to the business of, of playoff football. Right now, the Jaguars have two weeks of playoff football, and they've got to take care of business against the Texans, and they got to take care of the business against the Titans, and. Hopefully they don't overlook the Texans looking at the Titans because I know that everybody wants to beat the Titans to be the division leaders, but you got to take care of business with the Texans first and foremost. The uh, text line always lights up when Big Surs gets <clears throat> fired up because they, they uh, love it. They- I, listen, this I was built for this time of the year, yeah. all right? My whole career I was in the playoffs. When I started, right. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you played 11 years, you were hurt three years, you didn't play. You're right, but the eight straight years – I played in the playoffs. I know what it felt like to play in December and play in January, and I always get riled up because that's where legends are made. Legends are made in the months of December and January, and I'm just hoping the guys right now are thinking like that. You know, the Baselli's of the world came about 
because of December, January. Mm-hmm. The Keenan McCardles, the Jimmys, the Mark Brunels. Those guys made a name for themselves because of how they responded, how they played in months like this in January. Exactly. All right, Dougie Fresh, uh, cut courtesy of Jaguars.com, <clears throat> uh, talking about the idea of, of resting players and then also the idea, as you just mentioned, of being on top, on top of the AFC South. You want it. You want to see how we're going to respond, and, you know, coaches and players. And, and um, it starts in practice, starts today. You've worked hard to get in this position. A lot of ups and downs, but, the you know, you guys have seen the, the sort of the incremental – progress throughout the course of the year and that's why you that's why you play these games and each each game matters and so yeah you 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 want to see you know how the guys will respond in 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 moments like this you said you rest guys who are injured is there anybody who's injured who falls into that category uh not at this time no i think everybody everybody will be in a position to to play that can't play yeah okay that's important yeah yeah i mean doug's saying ain't nobody around here popping no champagne we ain't done nothing yeah. All right. We we've we've went on the three game uh, winning streak. We scrapped our way to get to the this point right here where we control our destiny. And anybody anybody that's able to practice will practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a big game. He's treating it like a big game. I like I like the mindset that's, that 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 Dougie Fresh is is coming across with right now. He needs all bodies on deck. If you can play, if you can tr- contribute to us. Winning a game on this Sunday and getting us closer to winning and being divisional champs, then let's get let's get it going. Because yeah. there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. All right, injured that means that uh, you can't practice. Hurt means you put some dirt on it, put some ice, and you get your butt out there and practice. <laughs> and, and really, like Trayvon Walker is going to be one of the ones that, that you mm-hmm. that you're wondering and worried about, and you want to be able to get him back out there, especially with Dewan Smoot. And what just happened with him, the fact that he's gone for the season, that he's got a long recovery road back, you want other guys to be able to step up. We mentioned yesterday what Arden Key was able to do, what others have been able to do. You've got to make sure – it was it was pointed out on the text line designed by Lifetime Closures, uh, you know, how the heck is Caleb on chase on a part of winning football games, yet when he wasn't out there they were losing football games. But that's what you got to count on. you got to count on a guy that you haven't counted on too much before to actually come through. This is when he, he can at least gotta, he's, recoup he's, some of his resume. He's got to step up because that, that, that's an in, listen, that's an indictment on him, the fact that Smooth is starting on here. This mm-hmm. guy has got Smooth by age, yeah. by uh, fresh legs, probably by strength, uh, probably not by wisdom, but just on athletic uh, – Sheer athletic prowess, mm-hmm. he should be out there more making plays. And the fact that he's not making plays is disturbing to me. How can this kid do be so so talented at, at one particular level where he dominated at LSU and the SEC, and then comes to the NFL and is just like Casper? Yeah, I mean the friendly ghost. Can't find <laughs> That's scary when it's you're the friendly scary, ghost. Bro. You ain't causing no harm. No harm whatsoever. <laughs> you don't have anybody freaked out Jeez. looking to run away from That's you or anything That's alarming to me. That bothers me. Yeah, and so if, if they can at least, you know, combo <clears throat> up with what Mike Caldwell's been able to do over the last handful of weeks, which is basically work through some of the injuries, some of the problems, uh, back end has been a question mark. But we're looking at a Houston Texans football team that hasn't done a whole hell of a lot down the stretch, just won their second ball game uh, over a bad Tennessee team. So they got to make sure that they take care of business. We're going to say hello to Seth Payne a little bit later on, former Jag, former Texan, and we'll get his take from the Houston uh, side of things simply because he does sports radio on a daily basis uh, in Houston. And then also John McClain a little bit later on. He has been the king of the NFL world coming out of Houston as, a, as an info man.
man and opinion man for a long, long time. So we said this yesterday, that Trevor Lawrence has arrived. And and we all know that this guy has proven in this run that they've been on that he is as good as is out there in the National Football League when it comes to making all the throws. Now, has he done as much as some of the others? No, no, he's not. But we're talking about a guy that is putting it together. His passer rating right now is lights out good. We're talking best in the National Football League over about a five-week run. And he is on pace to do some special, special things. So we were just throwing it around earlier. How many quarterbacks out there in the National Football League right now that you can count on versus Trevor? And Trevor has now put his name firmly on that list. And we mentioned Derek Carr in our pre-show, just talking about the fact that Derek Carr has been given a big old fat contract. But can you count on him? Mm. Can you count on Derek Carr? Take a look at what he has done this past year. The Las Vegas Raiders have been unbelievably disappointing. From a playoff team last year to hiring Josh McDaniels to bringing him in along with the, the, the move to get Devontae Adams out of Green Bay in a Raiders uniform, paired him up with his old college quarterback, and they thought they were just going to be great guns. They ain't well, been great guns, bro. Well, bro, I'm looking right here. I'm looking at the They've got an NFL quarterback power ranking. Mm-hmm. All right? So you say, where's Trevor? And what, what quarterbacks are above Trevor would you take him? All right. Now, the most obvious one is Mr. Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah, all right. Yeah. They got him ranked above Trevor. All right? Tell me if it, they have Justin Herbert. Herbert mm-hmm. ranked above you. Take, I'm not sure about that. Would you take Justin Herbert over Trevor Lawrence? Maybe the body of work, the resume is better right. and longer than him. Right? right? Okay. Okay, they have Justin Herbert over him, right? Okay, Josh Allen. Okay, I, I have no problem with Josh Allen mm-hmm. being ranked above him. Okay, Joe Barrow. Would you take Joe Barrow? I over? still probably would. Probably right with now, Joe Barrow like right now. Body of okay, work, that was said. number four. Uh, not, I'm not too sure about this one. They have Lamar Jackson. No, no injury. I, I would not take Lamar Jackson over Trevor Lawrence. You're right? Not available. They have Dak Prescott over Trevor Lawrence. This is recent, bro. Yeah. Dak Prescott, even though Trevor outperformed them head-to-head, would you take Dak Prescott over Trevor Lawrence? Not, not the way things are developing no, now. No, I, I don't think I would either. They have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I still probably would take you. Yeah, still, A.A. Ron, you still uh, take A.A. Ron? It's so funny, by the way. Okay. You, you, you and Matt had this one big show. I was not on the show that particular day about would you go ahead and make that deal for that Aaron? That trade, that trade <laughs> for A.A. Ron. I remember that. It's, I remember that. Right now would – it's that, still that's being brought up right now on yeah, XL Primetime yeah, the, yeah. from the Nooners. But no, 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 no. A-Ron, a- I mean, he he's thrown d- double-digit interceptions. He has been he, the most uh, clean quarterback stat-wise over his career as far as but, touchdowns, interceptions until this year. I, I tell you this, though. Green Bay's getting healthy. Mm-hmm. And their, wide, their young wide receiver core is getting yeah. better. Yeah, Christian Watson and, is and massive talent. I'm not sure too many people want to see them. No. Uh, I'm not sure too many people want to see them uh, in December or January. You know, it's funny because if you look at the NFC, you could probably go Detroit before they got smacked around this past weekend by the Carolina Panthers as yep. one of the hotter teams. You certainly could – what you just said about Green Bay, that they're at least on the come. They've got a chance maybe to make their way back to the postseason. Mm-hmm. And they've got, as long as they're healthy, a two-headed monster in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon toting it. 
Oh, and yeah. Aaron Rodgers, like you said, the developing talents of that wide receiver core. Now, they got Trevor Lawrence at number eight. I'm going to tell you who he's in front of. He's in front of Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. That's saying something, bro. That's saying something. And Tom Brady. <laughs> Jalen Hurts has put together a hell of a resume this year. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we're maybe going to talk about injuries or whatever. But if you look at the way he's put it together, his run slash pass ability, mm-hmm. MVP talent right now. Uh, Trevor and him, I don't know who I would put ahead. Trevor's got everything you'd like to see in the arm, and now he's developing mm-hmm. as a runner. And maybe that's why people are looking at him. But if you look at the top ten, and you, like you just said, the, one of the rate rankings that you're looking at has Lawrence, then Hurts. Geno is right now still living uh, among the top ten. He is. He is. He's, he's, had, he's had a nice year. Last mm-hmm. couple of games, not so much. But he's had a nice year. Uh, and it, they, they are taking a big step back up in Seattle, it seems like, the last couple of games. Uh, you mentioned Brady. But I'm what does that say about Seattle? I mean, what does that say about Russell Wilson? Oh, my gosh. That – they were uh, they were ready to unload him to Denver and, and bank on Geno and have success with Geno yeah. and not live and die with Russell Wilson. And most people thought it was a tanking type yes, of year out I did. there. I did. That they were done. And I'm thinking to myself, Pete Carroll's the oldest coach in the National Football League. You're not going to hand him a tank job in mm-hmm. one of his last years coaching there. But you know what I think they did? Like, I'll eat. What, what, like, what will you eat past the expiration date? Like, the other day – uh, Hiley gets past up in the uh, never milk, never milk. No, never that, milk. that's that. that, that what will I eat past the expiration? Like day? I'll take a bag of Cheetos that are four months old. I don't. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. easy. Crackers, I'll pop yeah. them open. Yeah. These are fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say cheese. No, no. Well, cheese is always for my money. I mean, it's, if it's a it, day it old expiration, day old bro. it's different. But yeah, if you day. get some old no, cheese, no, bro, I, I'm talking about no three month cheese, man. Like, mold, like, would you ever cut like mold? Would you ever cut mold off of a hoagie roll and then and then throw throw some turkey and ham in there and just and roll with it? Oh my God, I've cut I, mold off of a sam like a bread before to make yeah. a sandwich. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, as I well. have definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. What about fruit? To admit what about that? fruit? Fruit, no. if, it, if I like, you I cut the what, brown off a banana. And eat yeah, it. and I'll cut yes. like a little bad spot off a piece of fruit. Uh, oh yeah, me too. Oh, eat roll. the brown on a banana. Do you really? No Do problem. You? Yeah, dude. Um, let me tell you a quick story about how disgraceful my brother is. Mm-hmm. I was visiting him in uh, Boston a few weeks ago, late night. Go in to make a bowl of cereal. Go through his uh, fridge, get a thing of milk. It looks a little old, so I checked the date. August. <laughs> oh August. Gosh. This oh man my. hasn't cleaned Come out his on, it, bro. dude. Yeah. Disgusting. Toss he eats, that. Uh, yeah, I did. He eats every meal at ESPN. I can bet you this. He's sing- is he single? Yes. Okay. Well, that's he's why not, he's not single, but he lives by himself. By himself? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it was a young lady living with him. That yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She just yeah. said, you She's like, what are you doing? Mind. Are you crazy? <laughs> August. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I, like, I, I love looking at some of them like, oh, I can take that on. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid. I'll, like, I always joke if a slice of pizza – it can be in the in the fridge for two or three weeks. It can be oh out. Oh my god! It could be out on the shelf for ten days, and I bet I probably seven days. I probably still my my brother in law swore he left a pizza out for seven days and then ended up eating it on the seventh day. I just don't believe him, but that's what he swore. Let me change the conversation on Trevor just a tad. Yeah. So like we're you guys are sort of saying like who would who's the best yeah. as in like taking well, the rest of their career into consideration. Yeah. What about? If you had to have a quarterback to start your franchise right now yeah. and like take all their age into consideration, everything, 
Like to me, I'd only put maybe Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert above Trevor. And, like and, and probably, I, I would have Trevor. This is crazy, but I would have Trevor above Josh Allen. I was going to say that. I, I would. I was going to say I probably would keep Josh Allen ahead of him. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah, yeah I, I yeah, can't I argue to, with that. Yeah, I would. It's just a personal opinion. All, all, only reason why is because I've seen Josh Allen in the playoffs. Yeah. We've yet to see Trevor how. He responds to Josh the Allen next level. Josh Allen has that dog in him. He yeah, does for sure. He absolutely does. And I, I, that's why. That's why I want the Jaguars to make the playoffs so bad because I want to see how Trevor's going to play. Yeah. At that next level, now, can I, he take it to that next level? I'm not completely positive with this with this last round of games, this last Saturday, Sunday, Monday slate, but before this past week, mm. this is a funky fact. Who led the National Football League in red zone turnovers? and red zone interceptions. Time now for a mm. funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. I think I've got several funkies. Today. Say it one more time for but me. But this one popped up, just popped in my head. Like I said, this is, I believe, still accurate. Uh, you guys can can fact check me and correct me on the text line uh, designed by Lifetime Enclosures if need be. But going into this past week, the quarterback with the most red zone turnovers, which was five, and it included the most red zone INTs, Josh which was Allen. four. And it was Josh Allen. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that something? That is something. Now, they've, they've lived around the end zone. They've scored a lot of points. Mm-hmm. But that does say something about Josh Allen. Recklessness. And, yeah, a little. A little. And, and, and I still love to watch him play. But, like, bro, quit trying to hurdle people and, and, and take on 300-pounders. That's is the other thing. I'd be worried about him getting seriously injured. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, the, I mean, the basic question, and what J.J. said is, is basically what we're looking at, is that we're talking put a stamp on it. It's, it's today going forward. It's hard not to put Trevor on a very short list of guys that you would say, I'm, uh, that's, that's my guy. For the next decade, because we all know there's there's expiration dates on on a lot of these other guys. But let's just let's just keep rolling here, okay? Just as far as who can you count on and who can't you count on? Is Deshaun Watson proving right now that you can count on him? No, no. And he's making fifty per, okay? He is the highest paid contract average guy out there right now. Aaron Rodgers is going to make fifty next year and the year after that if they keep it rolling. But it's all guaranteed money right now. So, you can't really count on Deshaun. Can you count on Kirk Cousins? Can you count on Kyler Murray? Can you, we mentioned Derek Carr? I don't think so. Uh, Tua, with these concussions, as great a year as he had, and I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of what he's been able to do down there. Can you count on him? And even before the concussions, like if you'd put Trevor with that team, right. that yeah. offense, I mean, he would be just as good, if not better, than yeah. Tua. No doubt in my mind. And so, you move mm. to the second half or the the bottom half of the NFL and you might even be able to go as far as the 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 bottom two-thirds and I'm just going to start rattling them Tannehill Fields Garoppolo Goff Ryan Jones Dahl I mean you're not going to take any of these guys over Trevor so that this has happened Leon in a five-week period as soon as we exited October, where this team was winless in October, and you got into this run that they're currently on, where they've won three in a row, they've won four of five, five of seven, mm-hmm. it suddenly mm-hmm. happened, where we're putting him way up there in terms of quarterback. Oh, time. yeah, I mean, he's, cli- he's climbed a few 
tears mm-hmm. ever since uh, about seven about seven games ago. Um, at some particular point, he was teetering on shit. Should we draft another quarterback? But, <laughs> I would, that, that's yeah, not that far. No, not that far. Yeah. Not far. But no, he's having a great. Man, listen, he's having a great seven game stretch. I was looking at the statistics of of the the elite quarterbacks uh, in the uh, AFC: the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allen, and the Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, elite on elite. I mean, he's right there in the in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one particular time, you know, I, I would say that uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen is at the table, and maybe Trevor. Trevor's in the room. I don't think he's at the table right now, but he's in the room. He's in the conversation yeah. of, of one of the better quarterbacks in the AFC over this last seven-game stretch. And, and that you got to be playing your best football at, at this particular time. Give yeah. your, you give your team uh, absolute uh, puncher's chance in the playoffs when you, you can go toe-to-toe with the big dogs. Yeah, this is it. I mean, this is it. This is it. This is it, absolutely. And yeah. Doug Peterson said it because, you know, and I know that he has to be telling uh, the story to his team how he's been through these games, weeks, this month, all the stuff that you described earlier as you get ready for the playoffs. He is a playoff-proven coach, Super Bowl-winning coach. And so he knows coming out of the NFC East how tough it was. And so he's telling that story. And these guys are starting to buy in more and more each day. Uh, where does belief come from? It comes from winning. And so they're now in a position where they can start well, to try and, and, and chase some some big prizes. Well, also I believe that Doug Peterson has is is explained to his his team the the amount of effort that is needed to play in December and in January. The mm-hmm. the, the amount of attention to detail, the amount of film study, uh, the weight room, your conditioning, your rest, what you're eating, how you get all that kind of stuff. All those things factor in. If you want, listen. The off season, listen. At the end, in, in, the, in the first week of, of February, there's there's only one team that holds the trophy. Everybody else loses. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you want to shake it up. There's one team that wins, and everybody else loses. Go home. Somebody got to go home and cry. Everybody, thirty one mm-hmm. teams got to go home and cry. But the off season's right after that. If you can't pour it in for the next two months, if you can't be a, a, a sacrificial lamb, sort of say, give up all those pleasantries and all mm-hmm. those desires and all that other kind of crap that that, that kind of leads you astray to what your goal is. Just focus in on these next two months, yeah, December and January. Focus in on these next two months and just see what happens. Give it your all for those for these next two months and see what this team can do. All right, JJ, we'll phrase it up some way uh, with a Twitter poll because right now on the text line they're saying Trevor is the prince that was promised. Uh, Mahomes and Love Allen that. only. Uh, Allen took three years. Trevor took one and a half, the one being with <laughs> trash, which is just great uh, when you hear it. Uh, what if Trevor uh, has two bad games? Obviously, uh, these things change that's in that, a in a in a hurry. That's we know that old that. Jaguar thinking. Don't yeah. think like yeah, that. I mean, Come on, now let that go. Yeah, I, I would enjoy the ride instead of predict doom. Uh, and and you, you look at it, it just it feels like you're just kind of scratching the surface. And you've heard that phrase a bunch for a bunch of different things, but that's that's kind of what it feels like. So. We'll we'll throw it out there. I'll you know. put uh, put these quarterbacks in order of who you would start your franchise with right now. So yeah. we'll do Mahomes, Allen, Trev, and Herbert. Yeah, that's beautiful, beautiful. All right, so uh, Beaver Chevrolet bringing you the Twitter poll question of the day. We will throw that out there, but we'd love to get you in on that one. Let us know what you think. You can call the pop off line if you want two zero seven seventy seventy one and uh, react that way as well. All right, so that's the kind of the main thing we're talking about. We look at the the bowl games today. There are a lot of good ones. And really, today, tomorrow, as we rock and roll right into the college football playoff semifinals, 
New Year's Eve. But real quick, a thought on Ed Reed. My man. Taking the job. You know what I love? Because Deion Sanders has blazed a trail in a couple of different ways. And you're talking about a Hall of Famer, another Hall of Famer, heading to an HBCU. And boy, does Bethune-Cookman need to be picked up. Yeah, yeah. I I don't even call him Ed. I call him the GOAT. When I call him, I say, GOAT. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> he know exactly. You know, listen, if it has to do anything with cigars, we, we're on the phone with each other. So I'm just sitting there watching TV and everything, and it comes on, it pops on. So I immediately call my uh, cigar distributor, and then I call Ed, and he was like, he always called me Big Homie. I said, Big Homie, I, <laughs> I said, I can't do it this week, Big Homie. You know, a lot of stuff is going on. Everything. He said, try to hit me up next week. So next week, next week, we'll get my, my, my boy on mm-hmm. uh, the radio show to talk about uh, his new venture as the head coach of the Bethune-Cookman College. And I would just, I love it. I love the possibilities. They're going to have to get some financing behind him. They're going to have to help him in any way possible. Well, I'm helping. I got yeah. my Wildcat gear in the mail. Oh, yeah, there you I'll go. I'll be the biggest HBCU uh, or BCC fan there is. Yep, yeah, you can go to uh, you, uh, get your Fanatics order cranked up Absolutely. And, and get a little BC uh, Bethune-Cookman action. I just think it's cool. So hopefully we'll hear from Ed next week, but a guy that can come in and, and make an immediate impact. And he did some good things down at Miami. Uh, with two head coaches as he was the chief of staff down there. Uh, but uh, now Mario doesn't have Ed to count on, so he's going to have to keep it going down there. I think him getting Mario hired, or I, I don't know how much he had to do with it, I think a yeah. lot, but that's that's good enough. Yeah. I mean, he did what he had to do. He went and got the coach that we all wanted, and that's it. Yeah, he Moving tried on to, to bigger and better things. Right, course correct that bad boy down there is what they try to do. And speaking of course correcting, uh, Florida doing the same thing, and they're talking about a bunch of guys that could be future signees for the Florida Gators. We'll look at that coming up. Sam Hartman entering the transfer portal. They're already talking about was Florida uh, jumping the gun, getting somebody else, and missing out on maybe Sam Hartman. So we'll talk about that. You got the Knowles getting ready for their big ball game against Oklahoma. You got all these other ones that we will get into. It is XL Primetime. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Oh, you got to love it. You got to love it. It's a holiday feel right, right now inside the 1010XL studios. So what is our general manager Steve Griffin done. He's, he's gone and bought lunch again. Uh, again. And loaded us up in the break room. Leon, I don't yeah, mind you and I and JJ, you know, putting in the hard work this this holiday week because we're, we're getting fed. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay off the LBs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at me. I got uh, TLD, the lovely Diane. She'll crank out yeah. a smoothie on you. Wait till New okay. Year's, Leon. Exactly. Wait till New Year's. Yeah. 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 To break out the kale smoothie, yeah. So yeah. I can flush, my, flush my system out. Okay, all right. So I, I, you know, the last time I got the cholesterol numbers, I said, okay, so let's go ahead and make two or three smoothies a week. So she'll pack mm-hmm. the spinach in there and yogurt and mango and all that stuff, and I love it. And then you, yeah. of course, you know, I got my oatmeal, my my yogurt, my grapes, all, or my blueberries and all that. You, you I'll got, eat all that. You got you got you got Charmin uh, coupons at the house. Right? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I go got, soft, man. And listen, you know, I'm a metal musical man. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I remember that. What was that? It was on the road. Uh, was that um, Mobile? Might have been the scene. I knocked mode. on your door and said, I need it, son. Give me some powder. He said, give me some powder. I said, I need some Metamucil, bro. I'm, I'm a little, little clogged up, bro. He so, me up. Real quick story. The, the white elephant the other night with the family party Christmas Eve, and, you know, you come up with something that's something that's useful. You don't go cheap. You, you buy something. Anyway, someone pops up and p- opens up a white elephant gift, and it was a – a full tub of Metamucil. Wow. Everyone wow, that's out. a great gift. Wow. So, little Libby 
who's about to be two, mm-hmm. she saw that bright orange package, and she locked onto that bad boy. Wow. I'll show you the picture. She well, just, I can tell you something that's even better than Melamusa if you incorporate it in your diet. Yeah? Magnesium. Oh. Mm. Little powder. They, they, they sell it in powder form. Get put it. Take a little magnesium, put it in your water, stir it up, and drink it. <laughs> and guess what? L- Niagara Falls. Okay, coming. I did not know that. I did. I, look, look at that picture, sirs. That's uh, she is holding on to that Metamucil, and she will not let go of it. Wow. So she's two, and she thought that was a toy. She looked like a, a, like a brand ambassador. Yeah, exactly. She might be growing up to be one. Well, I've, she's I've very recruited, regular. Yeah. I've recruited my kids. <laughs> they they definitely uh, are into it as well. All right. So how about this? We've got a group. This is off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We've got a group of about 20 Jags fans that have been calling Trevor the Prince since the day he was drafted. Best nickname out there. Hell of a lot better than T-Law. And look, T-Law, we just shortened up the name, uh, but I totally get it. Now, also off the text line, wow, everyone at 1010 has the Jags in the playoffs already. Can't imagine what misery Monday will be like if we lose to the Titans. Way to look ahead, dude. A uh, way to forecast uh, failure. <laughs> exactly. A way to look forward to lack of success instead of success. Beautiful. Let me give you two words why, w- why I think the Jags are a lock <clears throat> to the playoffs. Yeah. All right, Malik Willis. Yeah. The guy is a mess. He's worse than uh, he, he's probably worse than Zach Wilson. Honestly, he's like the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. I give them no chance to beat the Jags. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have the Jags locked and loaded. Blame me if it doesn't happen. Yeah, ending yeah ending a nine-game losing streak that has spanned several seasons, okay? That is more than four if you're keeping count. Uh, that's how long it's been. And you're right. How the heck does this team lose to that team? But off of your saying he's Seven worse than – Seven straight losses are yeah, they at right yeah, now? Well, so. yeah. Yeah, that's – off of, off of the Malik Willis, he's worse than Wilson. Somebody, I don't know who it was on ESPN – Said the worst Wilson in the league is Russell, and I oh that, that wow that's, that's pretty a bad. good poll question. That's pretty oh. bad. All right, set up the poll question real quick. Yeah, so we have put these quarterbacks in order of who you would start your franchise with right now. Obviously, that's putting all age and all that into consideration. This is question of the day, as always, brought to you by Beaver Toyota of Saint Augustine. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, and Trevor. Those were just like the four that I guess. I think of as the best young quarterbacks in the league. Um, everybody that has commented so far does have Mahomes number one. Not a shock. Yeah, exactly. But there's some discrepancy between Allen, Herbert, and Trevor. So mm-hmm. most people have Trevor number three, but people can't decide if it's Allen number two or Herbert number two. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Trevor's right there in about third spot in most people's minds. All right, so at 1010XL, you can hit the Twitter poll. Vote on it. I probably would have put in even Joe Burrow in. Oh, yeah, I guess I should have. Yeah. Yeah, good thinking. Good. Uh, someone put Trevor, end of list. End of list. Look, <laughs> they're, 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 you got to have Mahomes first. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, when they finally get to that point where they feel like this guy can take them to a special place, yeah, they're going to love on him for a long, long time. Larry in Mandarin says, let Trevor continue to show his talent. Comparing him to all the other quarter, quarterbacks is pointless. He would be on the bench in Philly, Dallas, Tampa Bay, KC, et cetera. Oh, uh, let's talk in another two or three years to see how good he is. Bench. Okay, okay, I guess we 10-10 was now signing He's off. He's on the bench at uh, Philly? Yeah. No, he would no, he wouldn't be. be on the bench oh, at Philly. God. serious? Yeah. No way. 10-10XL is now signing off. We will talk to you in 2025, um, uh, and, and Larry will let us <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, Larry will let us know when it's cool to go ahead and start talking about it again. Well, let me tell you why I think he would definitely be starting in Philly. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew 
stepped in on Sunday, Saturday, whatever it was, yeah. and looked pretty great. Yeah. You know, and like held in there against a Dallas team on the road. Uh, if that doesn't show you that the system is helping Jalen Hurts out a lot this year, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts hasn't been great. Of course he has. Yes. But of course but, Trevor would be as well. But and they wouldn't be running the ball as much. It would be completely different off. It's like we said to Flint Minshew the other day. The fact that Gardner had to play here with a deck stacked against him because they were stripping away this team financially, they had the deck stacked against him. And now up in <clears> Philly with a deck that's. Uh, you know, can can deal winning hands, and that's basically what he had rolling to Dallas. Now, look, he had a couple of picks. One of them was wrestled away from the receiver. I think that might have been Watkins. Um, but, yeah, like you said, he played a pretty dang good game, and were it not for two turnovers and about, uh, what, 45 seconds of football, they would have had a chance yeah. to, to pull off that win. Yeah, and, and Trevor would definitely play at Dallas. I mean, C.D. Lamb, uh, Pollard, Ezekiel, the offensive line, mm -hmm. tight end set, sound – I, uh, uh, suffocating defense. Come on now, he, he, he definitely he have a success in Cowboys. I, listen, it's, it's not too many teams where I wouldn't take Trevor over them. Yeah, and the only only places I wouldn't is probably uh, KC, mm -hmm. KC and Buffalo. Yeah, and, and maybe and again, Cincinnati. You know, Burrow and LA definitely. Uh, uh, yeah. Burry, Burrow and Cincinnati yeah. and, and Herbert That's and it. LA are both worth the conversation. Let's have a conversation with this guy right now. Now. Yeah. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Seth Payne, he a former Jaguar first before a former Texan and now sports radio down in Houston town as we get ready for the Jags and Texans. Welcome in, Seth. How you doing, bud? I'm I'm good, man. I am uh, appreciate you guys calling me. You know, we don't, we don't get that much attention around here these days. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to see that somebody in the AFC South uh, is actually doing something productive because the, the Titans sure as hell are. Yeah, I was, was going to ask you, man, how was that wasteland? So how does it feel with the two one two fourteen and one? How how bad is that? I, I've had to endure that the last two years. So sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, it's just it's kind of weird because you know one of our listeners said it this morning as we were discussing whether you know Lovey Smith has had. A little bit of a resurgence here, at least in terms of respectability. At the end of the year, the Texans played close games against the Cowboys, uh, the Chiefs, overtime actually against the Chiefs, and they beat the, a very weakened Titans team. Um, so the question is, okay, is Lovey Smith going to manage to salvage his job? And one of our listeners said, you know, you guys realize that Lovey Smith is really the first interim coach ever hired before the season even began because he was, he was hired as the Texans were entertaining hiring Josh McCown, Brian Flores had just added the uh, Texans to the lawsuit that, that he sued with several teams. So it's just, it's been a mess. So like you guys have, you guys have clarity. Trevor Lawrence is looking the way you expected Trevor Lawrence to look, or, you know, very much starting to look that way. And uh, I think as far as I can tell, you guys seem happy with, with Doug Peterson for the moment. Yeah, dude. Uh, the thing is, is that uh, I've called him the most professional hire this Jaguars franchise has made since Tom Coughlin, and obviously he's more proven on the NFL level coming in than where TC was back in the day. But think about that, Seth, just getting to a point where there's cohesiveness, chemistry, and an actual plan that's starting to prove to be the, the right one uh, in Duval compared to all the fails in, in years past. You know, if, if there's one thing I've learned, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking back to when Leon and I were together in Jacksonville and you kind of some of the, 
some of the drama that goes on in the front office or between the coach and management, it's really amazing how much just the mix is what matters. So let's say Trent Balke. Uh, you know, I, Trent Balke has had some good stints in the NFL. Things have gone south in the NFL. But I don't know exactly what the issue is or ever has been with Trent Balke other than that maybe at, at times he didn't mix right with the guys he was with or relationships went sour. And I think here in Houston, the first few years that we had Dom Capers and Charlie Catcherly, and, and then the owner, the owner's another part of that mix. Um, I think th- I think both those guys were very qualified, but they just weren't the right fit. Neither one was toxic. Neither one was a bad dude or anything. It just wasn't the right fit. So a, a lot of times it's just it's a matter of stumbling or at least, you know, pretending that you did it intentionally, <laughs> stumbling into the right mix. And I think that's what Jacksonville may have done. Now, so the, despite your 2-13-1 record, or was it 14-1? 2-14-1 record. What is one thing you can bank on that this Texas team will do? They will they'll, – they'll make a really good attempt at forcing turnovers. Um, and I was about to say they'll turn the ball over, but, you know, there's always a little, little bit of luck involved in that. The, the thing that has improved on this team since the beginning of the year is that the defense and the offense have never been good, and they're still not actually good, but the defense has started to step up and make some plays. So – whether it's a goal line stand, a safety, you know, uh, a tackle for a loss in the middle of a long drive. They've been able to stop drives. They've been able to arrest momentum, for lack of a better term. And and part of that is forcing turnovers. Lovey Smith, when he was in Chicago, was just consistently in the top five every year at, at forcing turnovers, taking the ball away. And this team has started to look like that. So um, for, for not actually really doing much offensively or defensively, I mean, they, they let up. They, guys, there was a game a couple of weeks ago where they let up 180 yards rushing. And the media is so damn beaten down around here that they actually said the Texans had improved their run defense. And, and I'm looking around like, I'm, like, like, I, like somebody has put me some acid or something and trying to figure out what the hell everybody's talking about. The, the thing is that they can at least make some big plays and get some big stops now where they couldn't do that at all earlier in the year. We're talking with Seth Payne, former Jaguar, former Texan. You can catch him sports radio down in Houston, sports radio 610. Now, when, when you think of that, that interim tag that Lovey had right, right as he walked in the door and you think of what has happened up in Denver when they fired Nate Hackett, uh, where are you at with does Lovey keep it? Uh, is there a play for Sean Payton? Because the last thing I want to see is Sean Payton walking into the AFC South. Yeah, that's, that's the big question. And – you know, when it goes back to all the dynamics between the owner, the GM, Nick Casario, Lovey Smith, who has the power, all that. I would, I would imagine that Nick Casario might not be thrilled about the idea of Sean Payton coming in because uh, I think Payton's going to go somewhere where he's got the, pretty much the final say on everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's a discussion that will be had between those guys. I think when it comes to the head coach, right now, you know, if you look at last year, the Texans and the Jaguars were in a similar position in which they had head coaches who clearly were not cut out for the NFL. Uh, Urban Meyer tended to do it in more um, spectacular, spectacularly uh, magnificent displays of showing he wasn't ready or wasn't right for the NFL. But David Culley was the same way. He just he flat out wasn't an NFL head coach, never been a head coach on any level. So it was a different type of misfit. I think this year, at the very least, Lovey Smith, 
looks the part, talks the part, you know, doesn't mismanage to an extreme degree. We've got plenty of issues with game management here and there. So I think the biggest question is who's the offensive coordinator? Because Pep Hamilton is, is not the guy. This offense has taken a step back somehow after not being a very good offense last year. And that needs to change. So at the very least, there'll be a change at offensive coordinator. I'll be surprised if there isn't. And I've got a very good feeling that if the right candidate, whether it's Sean Payton or somebody else is available, that the Texans will move in that direction. Myself, when I was in the league, at this point of the season, I, I would get guys around the league that was on losing teams that would call me and say, Big Surge, I'm shutting it down, bro. I ain't got two games left. I'm going to the free agency, you know. But with this team right here, when I watch them play, they play hard, bro. They play hard. Yeah. Where, 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 where is the motivation for? I mean, is is it self imposed motivation? Is the coaching staff, or is it? What is it that keeps this team fighting the way it fights week in and week out? It's a it's a really good question, Leon, because the composition of this team is a you got a lot of journeyman veterans, and I don't mean that as an insult, but they're guys that are on one year deals and two year deals. They're guys that did not command a big free agency deal. So the Texans brought them in expecting these guys and wanting them. You know, they tried to bring in guys with blue collar attitudes like Christian Kirksey and, and say, Hey, listen, you need to show these young draft picks how to be a pro, how to go about your business. So I think they selected for guys that were a financially motivated to play 17 straight games, no matter what. And, and B those kinds of guys, you know, like Leon, you know, the kind, you know, the kinds of guys that, give a damn about the rookies, and then you know the guys that are, are looking at the rookies as somebody to carry their pads after practice, and that's it. I think they brought in guys that were going to set a good example. So part of it is the composition of the team. They were, they're kind of constructed to, to tank with grace, if that's the thing. Uh, Seth, which one was I? <laughs> <laughs> I always felt, you know, um, I always felt like you were a dude that cared about doing things the right way. There you go. Like, if I think about you, um, I, I'm just trying to think about you towards the end of a season or anything. Cause I know, <laughs> I know you had your stats with Coughlin at times, but when it came to like you stepping on a football field, and I think this this goes back to just what is a guy like? Like, at, at what point is Leon Thurston going to step onto a football field in week 16, 17, or 18 and think, I don't want to beat the crap out of that guy across from me? You know, like that's just that's just in you. That's just who you are. So if you got enough kinds of guys like that, it doesn't matter what the record is, what the score is, anything like that. Like you were a dude that, like at least in my eyes, as a as a young, uh, barely barely past puberty rookie, was uh, you were a guy that inflicted you know instilled fear in the opponent, and, and you seemed to enjoy doing that. I, I did, I did. I got a great deal of pleasure in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Seth, before we turn you loose, when, when you take a look at uh, what has happened in this division, and, and we looked back yesterday, and this team has won this AFC South but once since 1999. And Houston had it for a while. Obviously, the Colts and Tennessee, they've all shared it. This team has not had enough of them. Matter of fact, you go all the way back to 1999 for the last time, and heck, the divisions weren't even the same then. So – how big can it be for Trevor Lawrence as you look from that side of things to be able to take over this division? I think, um, you know, I would say this week alone, in a lot of ways, in, in kind of a tempered way, 
reminds me of when Tom Coughlin in 2007 decided that they were going to play the Patriots, um, you know, even though they weren't going to improve their position at all, that they were going to try to beat the Patriots while the Patriots were in the middle of their perfect season. And, you know, like, like I said, this is a much more muted version of that. But the whole point of that was that he wanted to prove to the Giants that, that they could beat them, that they could, or excuse me, prove to the, the Patriots, or prove to the Giants that they could beat the Patriots. I, I think right now where the Jaguars are and where they are now compared to where they started at the beginning of the season is that they're still proving it to themselves in some ways, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that going out and playing this game without even being able to improve their playoff position and then extending that onto the playoffs is a big confidence booster for guys. And, and something that carries over a lot. And I like I look at the Jaguars roster, and there's so many things about it that that feel like they're right on the brink. Like if I look at the offensive line, that's a I love looking at an offensive line and thinking like you know what, ah, there's, there's a good solid group of guys, but there's nothing spectacular. You, man, you can do something with that. You say you bring in you you improve one position into a stud and have four solid dudes, you can have a hell of an offensive line. Um, so I think that these next two games and whatever they do in the playoffs, this is a situation where it carries a lot of weight into the offseason. Yeah, it really does. And, and, and we hope here, obviously, it's the beginning of something special uh, because uh, we've been looking up uh, far too long. All right, listen, uh, enjoy the New Year. What, 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 what does Seth Payne do on New Year's Eve? It's an amateur night in a lot of ways for a lot of people, but do you still get out there? Yeah. Kick it. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to claim that I'm staying home because it's amateur night and I'm, uh, I'm just out there partying all the time. I don't want. I, I'm going to be fighting to make it till till 9 p.m. Maybe I don't know, celebrate with Greenland or something. I'm uh, that's that's me. I'm a I'm a boomer. I wish I was a boomer. That's how that's how I am these days. Well, get your Greenland sweater out and and, and party like a rock star. We appreciate it, man. Happy New Year. All right, Happy New Year to you guys too. Thank you. All right, Seth at Seth C. Payne on social media, Sports Radio 610. Uh, down in Houston town. So, uh, and he is talking about it. That just that, that feel that, that professionally you want to finish out on a high note. Other guys are, you know, whatever they're, they're, they're packing up They're they're booking their trips and whatnot, but I, I don't know where the Houston Texans are. Lovey's been a, a nice solid guy for them game plan wise and structure wise, but I don't know how many guys have packed. Well, in. I mean, it was interesting to what Seth was saying that a lot of those guys are, it's a veteran laced, team and you got a lot of but probably a mass majority of those veterans on the team are got our journeymen who got one year deal two year deals didn't get the multi-million dollar deals so they got a lot of pride about themselves because when I watch that Houston Texas defense for the most part they get after it pretty well they get after it pretty they defend the pass pretty well now they're terrible when defending the run mm-hmm. but um yeah I mean if you're going to go up and get a veteran laced defense who's got a little pride about themselves um, it's going to be a fist fight. It's going to be a. It's going to be a. Uh, it's not going to be a knockout blow. You're going. You're going to have to literally uh, stick and move against this team. Stick and move the whole game, and and come away with a with a a victory at towards the end. Well, and I know a lot of people say, well, this damn game doesn't matter. We still got to play the Titans. But just on the psyche part of it, you still want to. You, these are the two teams who have controlled your division over the last decade or so, and well, going th- going through them would be almost therapeutic oh, in order yeah. to win the division. Uh, honestly, a lot of demons have been conquered, yes. okay, in the last handful of, of weeks. And we mentioned getting over on the Titans up in Nashville. 
Doesn't happen. Hadn't happened since 2013. Beating NFC opponents. Hadn't happened. And so now they got a chance to end this long A losing streak. By the way, I do love your math because you already had them losing the last two games. Mr. 10. And I got to give Mr. Ten see, credit. You don't see how I prophesied. Yeah, you did. Right? Yeah. yeah, you did. You were looking so, ahead. Yeah, that's right. You knew exactly that didn't what, correct you either. He knew exactly. what time it was. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you knew right. exactly what. And listen, I'm just impressed that Mr. Ten, you know, being from Tennessee, could do that math that quick. I just, I love the fact that he was able to do that. <laughs> Miss you, big bro. All right, let's head into the one o'clock hour. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. You want a great golf experience? They always make sure that the golf course presentable. Okay, because they, they take a lot of pride in it. And they'll work very hard, grounds crew all the way to the dining experience and that beautiful patio on Friday night where they'll bring in a musical act, another menu item that Chef Gary will kick out every Friday. Always something good happening at the Golf Club of Southampton called 287-PLAY as we head into the 1 o'clock hour. Sixty-seven, sixty-four, four seconds left. You don't like the foul, remember. Ivy for the tie, off the rim, and it's over. This miracle run continues for St. Peter's. The Peacocks make history. The first 15 seed to the Elite Eight in NCAA tournament lore. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. 2022, man, it delivered a lot of great moments. Uh, We're rolling back the rewind button and remembering all those great moments. That was St. Peter's. Great call in tournament action. First 15 seed to make the Elite Eight. Now, they lost to North Carolina uh, ultimately when they got into the Elite Eight. So you still had the, the Blue Bloods making it to the Final Four, which was fine with me. But that was a great run. We've had some unbelievable ones through the years, and that was the one. Cinderella story for 2022. Welcome in the one o'clock hour, Joe C. Big Sirs, Leon, for another half hour. Coach Campbell will be rolling in after that. Matt and Mia on vacation this week, and hopefully everybody else that's out there, well, just kind of punching the clock today, getting the work in that you got 1010 XL riding along with you. We appreciate that. That's for sure. We asked Seth Payne if he had any uh, New Year's Eve party plans. Are you a New Year's Eve guy, Sirs? Are you? Not really. Just to chill? Just chill. You know, the beautiful thing about I, – I like to say this about Leon. This might also be true of of, of yours truly. Uh, we have fun almost every day, and so we don't need to, like, plan for a big New Year's Eve night. Nah. We yeah, are asking, when you drink every single day, it's like, what's the party? Why why change it? Yeah. Um, this year, the ladies are going to be upset. Yeah, they are. We're going to be in front of the TV. Yeah. Georgia plays – at 8 o'clock, man. That means the game's going to go at least to, like, 11.30, like, at the earliest. And for the most game, of us. It actually could be midnight by the game with the game still going. Yeah, college football has an unbelievable way of doing this. The previous play is under further yeah, review. Absolutely. Will you get that drop for me, JJ, just so I can have that <laughs> uh, to fall back on? But it might keep most of us awake for, for the ball to drop, okay? That's actually a good thing. Normally, we go to the pizza party. Uh, we'll play maybe a little poker or whatever. We'll walk down to the pier if they've got anything going on. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Butts firmly sewn to Lazy Boy, uh, and we'll be watching. And, by the way, you got Michigan and TCU at 4 o'clock. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Georgia and Ohio State. I don't know if you caught this, Leon, but Maurice Claret, it's not like he's, he, he fired a warning shot Ryan Day's way, but he basically said, hey, 
you got to make sure this team shows up. This is history. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. And he basically was calling out his coach and his alma mater, I feel like, in a subtle way because of the performance they had against Michigan in the horseshoe. They did not show up in that game. Yeah, and I, I don't think they deserved another opportunity, but that's another story. I think Alabama, even with the two losses, mm-hmm. I thought they should have – but that's here the, nor there. They, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. They've been given another opportunity. Uh, Michigan beat them up and down the field. I mean, it was almost like John Harbaugh was saying, listen, y'all thought last year was a joke? Yeah. Uh, let me let me do it to you again. <laughs> he beat them down worse this year. I think it was worse this year than it did last year. It was no at no particular point in the game that I think that Michigan didn't control it. They controlled the tempo, the running game, defensively. They got after it, and and, and guys running wide open, wide open, absolutely. And 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 Stroud, he struggled. JJ has been saying it for all year long. If he did, if his if his first read is not oh, open, yeah, he yeah. struggles. I'm not. Yeah. You take away his first read when, when he goes through his progressions, he struggles. He scrambles, and you get the best of him. So, and you're going up against a Georgia team that just just gets after it. Mm-hmm. All levels of the defense, they get after it. And the, the, I don't think and Ohio State's got to find a remedy. No, not a remedy. They need to find a force field to stop Jalen Carter, okay? <laughs> that man is a wrecking ball, all right? He's going to probably be a top three pick. He's a wrecking ball. You've got a double, triple team, whatever you need to do, or he will he will dismantle your offense. Yeah. And then the, the back end, the, the linebackers, the, say, the, 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 the corners, I mean, Georgia is – they are – I've seen some great college defenses over the last 30, 40 some odd years. Mm-hmm. They're pretty special. They're pretty special. And what's crazy is they're pretty special. And I think last year's defense was probably better. Wow. It's, it's hard, hard to duplicate what they had last year. Because not only did you have the Jalen Carters, and you can go down the line with the guys that came back this year and then add the N'Kobe Deans, Trayvon Walkers, all the other guys uh, to that. It's hard to imagine that this team could outdo that. But to your point, Kirby Smart has had, uh, you know, a a cup of coffee every morning and new wrinkles added to his game plan. Every morning. Mm -hmm. He is going to be nonstop. And we talk about what he's been able to do and just basically stealing that, that, that Saban blueprint. He will go out there and he will look at every angle of attack. And so C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud should be nervous. You should be worried. You've got to face Kirby's <laughs> defense and game plan that he's been putting together. He's been hatching for a month. No, well, not only that, his draft stocks in, is in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. If he goes out there and he lays an egg against this Georgia defense, I mean, there are going to be so many question marks when it comes to the combine and workout and pro days and all that kind of stuff. But if he goes in there, he lights them up. Right. He lights them up. He goes for about 400, four touchdowns and wins the game somehow, oh, yeah. which I don't believe. I know that's just that's just a fairy tale I'm, I'm telling right now. But mm-hmm. but if he does, I mean, then his draft stock goes up. So, I mean, I mean, it's in his hands how, how well he plays, how well that team plays. Uh, but I just think Georgia's just too much. I, yeah. I, I think I'm – I'm looking at a, a Georgia-Michigan national championship scenario. All right, so let me ask you, because I, and J.J. and I, we tend to look at the lines. We, uh, we don't shy away from them. I need to shy away from them, but uh, we don't. Uh, Michigan is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over TCU. Georgia, I want to say, is a six-and-a-half-point favorite uh, over Michigan. All right, so which are you more prone 
to bet on. Minus mm. six and a half for Georgia, minus seven and a half for Michigan. I got seven mm. right now for Georgia. You got seven for Georgia, so it's same climbed. difference, pretty much. Okay. Which wow. which are you more inclined to to, to lay Georgia. your money? Georgia, Georgia win. Yeah, I, I would take Georgia all day. I kind of get the same feeling. I don't know what to make of TCU. I like them. Mm. Uh, I also know that Michigan's suffocating defense and 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 basically ball control, kind of tempoed offense that they'll just try and try and play keep away. And so mm-hmm. that number actually does look – is it still seven and a hook for Michigan? Yes, yes. Okay. So, La Selva, what side are you more prone to put the money on? Michigan, honestly, because I, I – I, I am too. I still think Ohio State's offense is decent and can score points. I think Georgia got screwed here. Mm-hmm. Georgia has to play – uh, the you know the I Michigan is a better team than Ohio State. We know that. We saw it on the field. Mm-hmm. But matchup wise, styles make fights. Yeah. You know, as Leon always likes to say, every game is different. Every matchup is different. I think Georgia matches up way better against Michigan. I think they would pound Michigan. Yeah. I'm not sure if they'll pound Ohio State. So I would take Michigan minus seven and a half before I would take Georgia minus seven. Last time we saw Georgia, it was a 20 point win over LSU. That was not a healthy LSU team. That was Jaden Daniels getting knocked around. They ended up having to go to Nussmeyer later in the game and put him in there, and he actually made things kind of interesting with a couple of scores down the stretch. Uh, TCU, they looked broken when they weren't able to cross the goal line uh, in that overtime against K-State in the Big 12 championship game, but they still made it in. They're 7-2, and two, TCU, uh, with the record against Big Ten teams, and that's going back now since 2000. So it's not like they faced a bunch of Big Ten teams, but you're just trying to look at – we mentioned prize fights, styles, and all that. Is TCU, with a running quarterback primarily, Max Duggan, a good matchup uh, for Harbaugh and his defensive staff to kind of figure out how to handle things? Michigan has faced Big 12 teams a half dozen times. The last three are in bowl games, but we're going back again over the last 20 years, okay? Basically the 21st century. Last win for Michigan over a Big 12 team was in 1997 over Baylor. So it's not like they see each other very much. But you got to ask the question, who's the better film studier? Is Jim Harbaugh going to have something or is Sonny Dykes going to have something? That's what I love about seeing the champion from one conference take on the champion from the other conference and see who's able to come out on top. I am more prone to lay seven and a half than I am to lay seven. And I, I, I don't know whether I'll flip that. Bizarro Joe may need to enter the building and, and, and you know, shake some sense into me, but I don't know which – I really don't know which way to go on those. That's for sure. What's the matchup you want to see? You want to see Michigan-Georgia? Or would you rather see a rematch Georgia Ohio, or Ohio State-Michigan or, like, or no. TCU? You want to see Georgia-Michigan? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's of the most desirable matchups, that's it. I, I am a – I am a Sonny Dykes fan. Uh, all of a sudden, I just like the horned frogs. But, yeah, Georgia's the class of college football. And, and the way, heck, we had the discussion yesterday about Stetson Bennett and what he's been able to do. We're talking about lesser uh, wide receiver and running back rooms compared to a year ago, yet he still was able to make plays with all those guys and not miss a beat. And he has played smart football, winning football, a lot of error-free football, and obviously the defensive side, you know, they, they just go great guns. So, yeah, I want to see them. But what will the line be? If it's Georgia-Michigan, it probably still is going to be somewhere around 
Six or seven points? I was going to say four, four, four and a half. Maybe. Yeah, we'll go that way. Four, yeah. Okay. But it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it obviously depends on what the teams look like in, in the semifinals. But but uh, not seeing anything, that's what I would say. Yeah. Um, speaking of who we want to watch, I think it was Day who said a few weeks ago that, like, the entire nation wants to see a rematch of Michigan-Ohio State. It's no, like, no, wow, yeah. who? Yeah, why don't you just keep living in your <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, people, it's yeah. like, I thought we lived in the SEC bubble down yeah, here. You, you guys are living in a bubble. Wow. Yeah, if you're, in the, if, you're, if you're living in the Midwest, yeah, absolutely you want to see the rematch. I, don't I was like, that's it. the last thing I want to see. Mm. Apparently I'd a rather lot of, see TCU even. Yeah, apparently, apparently a lot of coaches that hail from that area in Ohio, they, they have fantasies. Um, and you know, yes, we know another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, do. we had so, one. So they 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 all live in the in the fantasy land. All right, so I I just I'm going to keep looking at it. We'll keep uh, triple T and T and, and A. You throw things to think about at you for this game, just to kind of see where we think it could go. But yeah, a touchdown pick right now. The Georgia Bulldogs over Ohio State, Michigan over TCU. You want to throw in a thought? You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures on both of those semifinal games. We've got the other bowl games to look at. We've got UCF this afternoon at 2 o'clock going up against Duke. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. All right, we're past the lunch hour. So I got to ask this one question. You know what we do on 1010XL has to be put out on the radio. You know that. And I've been dealing with like whatever. Uh, Hyla comes in from Nash Vegas. She brings a little sick with her. I got a little something. You guys know I was just like tissues and cough drops. You sound better. Yeah, sound much better today compared to yesterday. Uh, You know, I had to work the hottie toddy in there. And anyway – you go to blow your nose. Have you ever blown your nose and have water come out of your eye? Oh, all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is that not crazy? Oh. And, like, just – it's all connected up there. It's all and you're connected, like, bro. And, and, and I know it's – I got to get it all out, but it's like – What's coming? What actually is coming? Because I know Dude, what's coming out of my. You ever nose. seen those people that put a string <laughs> through their eye? Oh my nose? gosh! Yeah, yeah, ah! yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all connected. Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, so I'm um, I'm happy that whatever I get, I don't get sick very often. Just just get it out of me. Get it out of me. Well, you know what? Last night there was a moment in time. Last night around one o'clock in the morning, where I, I thought I was getting a little sick. Yeah. I was hot. I was sweating. My pillow was sweating. I was on all on top of my covers. And I went around and forgot that I plugged in the space heater. <laughs> bro, bro, I forgot I left the space heater on in the house, right? And you already have a sweaty bro, situation. Bro, I'm already sweating. So you know what I did, bro? I unplugged it. I yanked it out the wall. I cursed it. And then I got my fan and I put it on near my bed and, and, and rolled out with it. It just reversed yes. the temperature and everything. I was mad I left it on. Uh, I, I'm just happy to see a little bit of it go uh, because it, it was too cold for too long. That was my winter as far as, as I could tell. Uh, because I look around. All the uh, plants and everything took a beating before Christmas. I never, ever would have thought that that would have happened. All right, so we've been talking a little college football, things to think about there, a little triple T and A, but then also back to your Jags. And this is uh, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, and it's also coming through uh, with our show text thread, that Jaguar fans do not like this, okay? Please tell the Jags to delete their tweet about selling playoff tickets. We're jinxed. Oh, uh, and so look, I totally get it. You do not want to have, you don't want to think you've got something before you've got something, but you got to plan ahead. You've got to start thinking about it can be instead of there's no way 
we can have good. See this there? is why we can't have nice things. We got to send some of these fans to rehab, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Yeah. The old way of thinking is gone. Yeah. It is gone. It's okay to say play. I want everybody to take a deep breath right now and say, we just say playoffs. Playoffs. Don't that feel good? Does that feel good? Uh, JJ? JJ won't do it. I'm not. I, will, I refuse on. to do it. I think this is bad. By the Jets. No, it's not bad. I think it's just an a- absolute no. jinx waiting to happen. Stop I wish it, they wouldn't have done it. <laughs> so you're falling into that trap. Yeah, I don't uh, like it. Yeah, oh, come on. If people want to buy playoff tickets, they listen, can wait till the Sunday that Jay, they win. Listen, the only way you're going to change this franchise, franchise is from the inside out, bro. They need to be advertising selling Titans tickets. <laughs> true, true, like, true. It's not sold out, yeah. folks. Yeah, we, this is a big-ass deal. Yeah, and look, by the way, there are a few, and I have to go back and pull this off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. That they're, you know, There's a bunch of them that are pumped up that have already bought tickets. Uh, this is from JG in Lakewood. I just bought my tickets for next Sunday's game. Uh, and uh, first time in years that I've let myself get excited, stoked also about Ed Reed at Bethune-Cookman, already looking forward to becoming a new fan. And so, look, I know you can't count on anything. you got to make sure that it's there, but you got to plan ahead. Has anyone seen what's going on with Southwest Airlines? Two-thirds of the flights yesterday canceled. Not delayed. Canceled. Canceled. Two thirds. Apparently, they say they suck. They, That's why they, they they weren't ready for it. They need new technology and stuff like. Hey, Southwest, you might want to plan ahead. And so you didn't think people would be going to travel. Well, the storms the- didn't help, but apparently the rest of the airlines are back. Like yeah. all the other ones are doing all right. Yeah. So you got to plan. It's ahead. On them. Yeah, you got to plan ahead. Two thirds. Have you seen the snow up in Buffalo? They were actually yeah, picking up cars with forklifts, shaking them, and basically getting them out of the snow and then putting them right back down. I, it was just insane. I don't know how people live through some of that stuff up there. Well, my first year when I was with the Steelers, man, I literally uh, had to boil hot water to pour on on top of the door, the the car door to open it, bro. Because yeah. <laughs> it was it was frozen stiff. Yeah. I had to pour hot water on it. I don't know it. how people live like that. I don't know how they live with it either, bro. You know, I'm from Miami. Right, I was from Miami. I was I was lost. Yeah, well, that was because you oh. took. Did you was that a convertible Jaguar that you oh, took yeah. up there? Well, no, I no, I no, I was already there. Yeah, uh-huh. you had already bought yeah, it. And had it shipped listen, up I was there. bringing a little Miami to Pittsburgh, How about that? <laughs> and that didn't last long. That yeah, ended up didn't. that ended up on a truck heading back south. Didn't it, it? It, it, it got shipped right back down uh, to to sunny uh, Miami, which is where it belongs and where you belong. Uh, that's so, like, sure. as soon as the season ended, did you just come back down every year? Uh yeah oh yeah I, yeah I spent my off seasons in Miami okay and then I train I trained with the Hurricanes uh, while I was down there so you were really only around for January ish and then you were out of there mm-hmm. yeah smart yeah 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 well, yeah yeah because I, I made the playoffs every year I was there of course yeah all right now when we, we kind of put a bow on this before Big Sur leaves and, and Coach Campo comes rolling in you know we had the conversation with Seth Payne earlier we're gonna talk to John McClain. Uh, from uh, sports radio in Houston a little bit later on, but you know you 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 got to handle success. You got to figure out how to handle it. Embrace it. Don't run from it. Don't think that you can't plan ahead for success for the future. Uh, instead of you know like not having any plans because they're going to be doomed by by somebody else. You got to make your own fortune right now. You got to make your own future right now based on the way this team prepares. And well, listen, there was a head coach that influenced me a great deal at the University of Miami. They used to say, "It say it used to say anybody can be ordinary, but it mm-hmm. takes courage to excel." Yeah, 
So if this team wants to make that next step, you know, embrace this, man. Embrace. Don't run from it. Right. You you you've assembled a team. You've got a franchise quarterback in front of your eyes. You're two games away from getting to the mountaintop. And and, and this franchise has, has only been there how many times in what twenty years? Three times. Yeah. Three times in twenty years. I haven't been to the playoffs only three times in twenty years. Here's another opportunity. Embrace it. Listen, what a lot of football players take for granted is the fact that they say, oh, next year. Listen, when I lost that Super Bowl to the Cowboys and Super Bowl 30, I was young. I was about fourth year in the league. You know what I told myself? I said, I was upset. I said, you know, I'll be back. I'll be back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll be back never happens. Never happens. <laughs> it never happens. So you've got to, when you have opportunities like this or before the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got to embrace it, take on the challenge. And go, go with it full steam. Don't run from it. Run at it. Yeah, it, it's fleeting. And you had <clears throat> two playoff runs in the mid-2000s. You had the playoff run in 2017. And, and, and that is it for the 21st century. And, and other teams haven't even done that, okay? To make it to the championship game uh, for the third time in this franchise's history was also pretty damn special. But it, it just it doesn't happen often enough. And maybe it'll happen a heck of a lot more often now. And, and another thing, once you get to play – see, when, when, we won the, when we went to the playoffs in 96, mm -hmm. everybody thought that we were just like one-hit wonders. No, no. Once we got a taste of it, we mm -hmm. wanted more. That's what you want this team. That's why you want this team to go to the playoffs because when they get a taste of it, they're going to want more. Yeah. Now, next year, because we, you know, we went 9-7 and seven and that made that playoff. The next year we will go what eleven and five. Yeah. Next year we go twelve and four. Yeah, four years. Next running. year we go fourteen and two. Yeah. That's what. That's what kind of. That's how you want them to climb the mountain each right. year, each yeah. and every year. That momentum that yes. will build because this team has got a lot that they. And I'll just give you an example, uh, real quick. This just kind of blows my mind. We were talking about this earlier, and what's at stake as far as what a couple of players have done to this point, this receiving core, and how much it's changed since. Doug Peterson arrived, and Trevor Lawrence got everything going the way that, that he's been able to get it going. I mean, this football team's trying to go from worst to first. you got a lot of special opportunities. Zay Jones already a career high in receiving yards, okay? 778 receiving yards on 75 catches. He needs mm -hmm. 22 more receiving yards, and it'll be the first time since 16 when Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson had – a since this team had a couple of 800-yard receivers because Christian Kirk has already set career highs in receptions with a total of 76 and 988 yards receiving. He is 12 yards away from making the 1,000-yard mark. All this has happened in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I'll throw the number at Coach Campo coming up in just a little bit as far as where it compares uh, to last year. But let me ask you, this is a funky fact. We might as well do it right now. Uh, JJ, because you know you're in charge of these things. Time now for a funky fact. Get so, funky with Funky Buddha. When you head into the cooler section of your local grocer, you'll look for some of that craft uh, from Funky Buddha, and they definitely can hook you up uh, when it comes to all that delicious creation that they've got uh, coming out of the lab down there in South Florida. So when you talk about a guy like Christian Kirk, career highs in receptions, a total of 76, 988 receiving yards, and already has seven touchdowns. So what does he need? He needs a dozen yards to get to 1,000. Who He will become the second player in Jaguars history to have 1,000 yards receiving in their first season with the Jaguars. Keenan. There you go. Oh, there you go. Wow. I knew I knew Big Surce would have that. So give him a big old yes, sir. JJ, you got the first one, so both of y'all get a yes, sir. And um, 
We do have someone on the text line correcting us. Uh-huh. Uh, says the NFL requires all teams leading their division yeah. on or after December 15th to put tickets on sale in advance of a potential playoff. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to so do I it. So I apologize to Jags PR. I still don't like the tweet. Yeah. Still don't like it. They got to do it. They want they want that chatter. They want that talk, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. But I knew I knew Leon would have that answer immediately because Keenan is the only player in this Jaguars franchise history to come in and get off the bus and have a thousand receiving yards. No one else. Has Where did done he that. come from? Uh, Cleveland. I'm Cleveland. Sure. Yeah, he yeah. came from yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, like yeah. a free agent. Yeah, free agent, yeah. Yeah. Free agent yeah. signing. And by the way, he was drafted in the, I don't know, the 12th first, round or something all, way back when. Also the first Jacksonville Jaguar Pro Bowler mm-hmm. in history. Yeah. Keenan yeah. Cardell, yep. Yeah, it just tells you that, that that's how <laughs> big of a gap it's been in time uh, between now and what used to happen on a, on a fairly regular basis because Keenan and Jimmy were lighting it up. All right, Big Source, you're heading out. Yep. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. I will. Big search is out. Coach Campbell will be coming in. We got the Vari breakdown. I see uh, Gio uh, in scrubs ready to go. So we've got to ask a, a couple of key questions. ACL, MCL tears. We certainly have had a few of those. And then a abdominal tear. We'll get into all that coming up. It is XL Primetime. Golf Club of Southampton bringing you today's show. Now, let's wow you with XL Primetime's head coach, Dave Campbell. Brought to you by Beaver Chevrolet with wow pricing every day at beaverchevrolet.com. Comes walking in. And we just say, wow. Here it is right here. This magic moment. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. So it's nice to see coaches coming in. A little extra duty this week hanging out with us. You got that big smile. You ready to rock and roll? Absolutely. Listen, we've got a chance for to do big things for the rest of this season. I'm excited. Now, I'm going to get you to chime in on Ed Reed, a guy who you know well, particularly from the defensive side of the football with all the, uh, well, goat action that he had in his Hall of Fame career. Now he's going to be heading to Bethune-Cookman, so I'm going to get you to jump in on that as well as the Jacksonville Jaguars, but we've got our man, surgically speaking, we've got our man right now. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. I'm coming in hot. Coming in hot, Dr. George Bari. By the way, our two guests couldn't have more different intro songs. I know. Magic moment and coming in hot. What do you think, Gio? Huh? I like it. Yeah. yeah. They, they kind of worked, right? You yeah, know, if you had good. that playlist, it seemed a little clunky. They didn't quite match up to one person's ear, but I love both. I appreciate it. just has both. to blend it yeah. in so it's one yeah. continuous song. Exactly. Exactly. We'll see if we can't uh, put those together and, and, and we'll get JJ the DJ to work on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Welcome in, Gio. We've got uh, sports injury topics for the next couple of minutes if you guys want to jump in you got a sports injury question which we had a couple of them from last week and all you got to do is hit the text line designed by lifetime enclosures especially if you had too much eggnog and you came out of christmas with maybe just uh, i don't know I, I, an ankle turned a sore shoulder whatever it might be or an injury you don't remember how you got <laughs> how did this happen well i don't know but we're going to figure out how we can fix it all right six four one ten ten. you can give us a sports injury question i'm gonna see if i can uh, dig up a couple of them from last week as well. But, Doc, one of the biggest ones coming out of this past week was an abdominal tear, a tear in the abdominal area to a tendon for Lane Johnson 
Now, this guy has been sturdy as they come for the Philadelphia Eagles. So basically, you have Jalen Hurts with that shoulder sprain, which I think you talked last week was primarily the AC joint. They're still wondering and worrying a little bit about when he's going to come back. And now you've got Lane Johnson, 32 years of age, started all 15 games, and he basically comes away with a torn tendon. He has basically said he is not going to have surgery right now. He's going to try and put it off until after the playoffs. What is he dealing with? Well, you know, your, your abdomen attaches, just like any other muscle, it has an attachment point. Mm-hmm. And so you have your pubic symphysis and then all around your pelvic area. So he has a tear, the tendon, where it attaches. The fact that he is going to postpone surgery mm-hmm. is because they have this playoff run, right, that, the, that the, he wants to be in. Yeah. It's, I think he, he got this injury last game, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays because, as we all know, your core is everything, right? It's, it's everything in your body. Your back hurts, fix your core. You walk with lymphic. Everything's fixed your core. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does with this abdominal injury that is severe enough that they're telling him he's going to require surgery. I wouldn't be shocked if he tries to play and then all of a sudden, you, you know, he, he doesn't play anymore because he, right. re- he realizes that it's too much. But, you know, I give him props for trying. I, I really do. And I'm just trying to figure out how, like, we talk about bruised ribs. You can put maybe you can't necessarily get a shot in the rib area, but you can put the flak jacket, the Kevlar around him. You can do whatever you can. To, how does a guy that, as a tackle, that will take that, you know, that defensive guy on, head on, and he's going to have to have range of motion. I just don't know how he's going to deal with it. It's going to be interesting. You know, it's they're going to attack him, I'm sure. And I think it's less so much of he's going to be – he's not going to be so much worried about getting hit on it, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be the strength he needs to push somebody. He, you know, you push and use your core to squeeze and push and move people around. That's I think, is going to be his biggest problem. Is, mm-hmm. is he going to have enough strength? Or is it going to – the pain not going to be bad enough where he's going to be able to use his core strength to, to move a body? One other lineman, Lyle Collins, a guy that came from Dallas up to Cincinnati. <clears throat> and believe me, the Cincinnati Bengals have had to deal with either poor line play or whatever, just try to protect Joe Burrow as much as they possibly can. Anyway, ACL and MCL. Now, I always ask you this question, and look, I'm a, I'm a doctor on the radio. I think people know that by now. But I don't know exactly how it happens where is it just based on the force of the injury that – the ACL and the MCL are, are torn? So very commonly, MCL is torn with an ACL. The ACL injury is usually a valgus force, which is that knock-kneed force. So if you if you look at your knee in a knock-kneed position, that inside of your knee is gapping open, and that's the MCL, the medial collateral ligament, that prevents your knee from gapping open. Mm-hmm. So if you have an injury or a, a trauma that's strong enough to where you get that knock-kneed force and your ACL tears, your MCL usually also tears because that knock-kneed force, that valgus force is extreme, and right. so that, that ligament can't handle it, and, and it tears with it. Very common to have ACL-MCL, also have ACL-MCL meniscus tear. All right, so we'll find out how long he will be out, but <clears throat> Joe Burrow does not need any more guys protecting him uh, to go down, that's for sure, when you're talking about a guy along that offensive line. Now you and I were talking about Tua Tagovailoa. This is not your field. We like to let everybody know that. You are an orthopedic surgeon trained under, under the renowned Dr. James Andrews, but you don't deal with head trauma. But we saw another 
injury, and he went into concussion protocol after the game was over. In fact, J.J., was it the next day that he went into concussion protocol? I believe. Yeah. He he came out and had to tell the team doctors or whatever that he was feeling symptoms of a concussion. And so this was a big topic yesterday, and folks were on the text line you know, saying, hey, it, it happened in the second quarter. It's been all over social media. I, I totally get all that. We were looking at a couple of different actual moments in that game where his head hit the turf. So if the head, the back of his head bounces off of the turf, how bad is that? Well, the problem when you hit the back of your head is that you have nothing to slow it down. When you fall forwards, you at least get your hands, and you can still obviously hurt your head and get a concussion, but there will be, you're, usually your hands will somewhat slow down a you little brace bit. brace yourself. So you get some, some bracing. When it's the back of your head, there's nothing, especially the way he was tackled where he was holding on to the ball, yeah. so he didn't even have his hands behind him to try to brace himself. It was just straight headshot to the floor. So that, that, that's why that becomes dangerous and, uh, and extreme. And that's why they've kind of banned where the defensive tackle can take the quarterback and just body slam him, right, when they try to sack him. So it, I, I feel bad for him. You know, he's had at least two concussions. There's argument whether he's had three. Mm-hmm. He played the whole game with a concussion if his injury was during the second quarter. We've talked about how dangerous it is to play with a concussion. Serious. So, you know, he, if he did have a concussion and he didn't tell anybody – that's one, number one on him. He should have told somebody. You shouldn't wait to the end of the game to tell somebody. And two, you know, the, the team missed it. But sometimes people get hit and, you, and they don't look like they're hurt. Right. And, and they need to tell somebody that they're hurt. And heck, Doc, even if you heard him in the presser, everything he said made sense. He didn't stumble. He didn't sound like he was at a loss for words or anything. He just said we need to put it behind us. You know, said all the stuff that you would expect him to say, but that was an ugly fourth quarter, unfortunately. Yes, and it's I feel bad for him because I wonder if they get an MRI on him, what his brain would look like after all these hits just oh. in the same year. And they talk about it all the time that uh, it, it it if you have multiple concussions in a short span of time, right? It can really yeah magnify it, 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 the it problem. Can, especially if you get a concussion while you still have concussion symptoms. Th- those are the most dangerous. Right, and that's why now they've been put the concussion protocol, where you can't just go back and play. There's a there's a list of symptoms that have to resolve before you can go back, because it can be dangerous if you still have those symptoms and get another concussion. All right, Doc, you and I are going to do Breaking Bones Sunday morning, seven thirty. Did you have a good Christmas? It was a very good Christmas. What about you? Did the little Baris? Did they they made out? Didn't they? Yeah, of course. I mean, they got some <laughs> cool toys, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. What was the coolest one that you well, that you found yourself you wanted to play with? For uh, Junior Monopoly. Because oh, yeah? my son makes me play Monopoly, which takes like, I don't know, 30 hours. It does take so a So we got time. him Junior Monopoly to kind of speed it up a little That's bit. That's the speed game. I'm all about that. I don't think I've ever finished a game of Monopoly ever in my entire life. Right. All right, Doc. Appreciate it. All right, so if you've got any questions, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We'll try and get him on Breaking Bones. That's Sunday morning, 730, as we get ready for the kick against the – well, the hated Houston Texans, that will come up on Sunday. So definitely join us early Sunday morning for Breaking Bones. So I say hello to Coach Campo again, and as we get into the 2 o'clock hour, we're definitely going to dive in on the Jags. But wasn't it cool to hear Ed Reed's going to take the Bethune-Cookman job? Wasn't that cool? Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, we have two of them out there right now with Bubba McDowell down at Prairie View a and mm-hmm. uh, So, uh, you know, I think – the ex-player situation, Eddie George, is in the HBCUs, yeah. too, is, uh, up if in I Tennessee. understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ex-players that have been through it and are minorities, mm-hmm. I think have a little bit of an edge in the HBCUs. Awesome. And 
And I think that they found that 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 notoriety as far as attracting guys to to take that route mm-hmm. uh, is really a plus. And, uh, you know, I'm pl- happy for that because there's an awful lot of players that play in the HBCUs that end up in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. And I think there'll be more, the more uh, notoriety they get. Yeah, because uh, one of the text line earlier pointed out that Doug Williams blazed the trail. And he did. He really did in a lot of ways. But almost feel like this is a new trail that needed to be blazed. Yeah, well, we we scouted some guys out of that conference uh, mm-hmm. a number of times with the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Aeneas Williams was a is, a is a perfect example, played with the Cardinals, uh, great safety. He was one of the first guys I went to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they have good players. But I think just, you know, Deion Sanders brought a lot of publicity. Then they got Eddie and then – Bubba and now uh, Ed, I think yeah. that's a good good sign. Uh, and, and look, Bethune Cookman needs help, and it would be awesome if they could get it going financially. They need help to get people maybe to put some eyes and uh, a checkbook on, on that program. Let's get another uh, Rasheen Mathis yeah, out exactly. of Bethune Cookman. Yeah, he came right out of Inglewood, went to Bethune Cookman, and walked right into the National Football League and became a star. You coached him, so you know exactly what we're talking about with Rasheen. That's for sure. Now. We have had fun today because Jaguars put out, if you want to buy playoff tickets, you got to go ahead and let us know now. And everyone's freaking out, like, don't do that, don't do that. It's an NFL rule. You got to at least let people know what the possibilities are. So we're going into this two-game stretch, and I'm cracking up. Uh, one of our guys on the, on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, uh, sent in. He goes, I don't mean to look too far ahead. But who the hell do we draft at number 32 this year? So he's that fired up looking ahead that this team can get on a Super Bowl run. Why I, not? Uh, wait, hey, listen, uh, you know, dreaming is very, very important. Free of charge you know? right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the, uh, this uh, franchise uh, needs to dream. Uh, and, and I think this team is, is a team that can right now on a run – Mm-hmm. You never know. You get into the tournament. That's the key. And the next two games are important. You know, one that for sure is important. The other one is important in my mind, this first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, th- this team is on a run, and hopefully they can keep that going. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we let's look at the keys coming up just as far as what we think can, can, can happen. But if you just look at it on the face, it is a two-win Houston Texans team that somehow has beaten this team nine straight times. And we can go back and we can look. That's over four seasons of losses to one franchise. And Doug Peterson has already zeroed in, even though he doesn't tell you out loud outside of the building, he has zeroed in on where this team has come up short again and again and again. And he's made it a major focus. No question. I mean, they've, they've broken a lot of uh, myths around here this mm-hmm. year. And, and, and that's the steady hand of, of Doug Peterson. Uh, I think it's one game at a time. I think he knows the history. I think it probably comes up, although I think it's even more important that the team understands that it's one game at a time, mm-hmm. not necessarily what the record has been or will be. It's that particular game and how well you play. But there is something to that. And and in the division, you got to not like the rest of the people in the division. That's mm-hmm. the way it is. You got to exactly. try to win the division. That's how you build a football team is to win the division. Uh, you know, find the team that's, if you're building, find the team that's that's been the perennial team and go get them and build your team that way. And I think they've worked towards that. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, the Texans obviously uh, have, have won a number of, uh, of divisions uh, in, year, in the mm-hmm. last, I think, six. You know, they've been a good franchise. So, yeah, I think it's important uh, that they approach it that way. Now, we'll, we'll talk to John McClain coming up at the top of the hour and ask him a little bit more about, you know, where Levy Smith is as far as the, the program is concerned, whether he's got a chance to keep the job, all that kind of stuff. Because I asked Seth Payne the, 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 the Sean Payton question earlier. You know, where are other franchises at? Will they start to look ahead and see if they can make a play for him? I don't know that Houston is one of those teams or that Lovey needs to make plans to have one more year to try and make it work. I guess we'll, you know, we'll find out whether or not that's an option. Well, I think uh, Seth made an excellent comment. You know, the general manager and the head coach have to be on the same page. Yeah. That's a huge part of it unless one of them is making – all the decisions. Uh, Cesario, coming from the place he's been, I don't think he'd be real excited about having Sean Payton come in there, and I don't think uh, Sean Payton would be that fired up about it if he doesn't have total control. Yeah, so he's, he's that you know, guy. That's that's an issue, yeah. and and uh, you know I think I think they'll give Lovey an opportunity. I think they they've probably seen enough. With the close ball games, because we've talked about the same thing during the course of the year when we were losing. Mm-hmm. You know, these team, they, this team has changed. You know, they're winning, they're losing close games. Then all of a sudden, they're starting to win the games. Exactly. And and so I think they're doing that right now. They're they're gotten themselves in a position where they have a chance to have a winning record in the division, and that's what they're talking about, and rightfully so at this point. Yeah, getting to the top of the AFC South has not been easy. We'll see if they can do it. Let's say hello to John McClain coming up. We've got our coach Campo with his Why You Thoughts, thanks to Beaver Chevrolet, and we are hanging out on Wednesday. That is, uh, well, it looks beautiful right now in the low 60s right here in North Florida. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Two o'clock hours here. It's XL Primetime. Thanks for hanging out with us a couple of days away from the college football playoff, the semifinal games. Big Vic, my neighbors, made it very clear that the wives are just going to have to deal with it because we're watching football all the way up until, well, that ball dropping. Joe C., along with Coach Campo, we got head coach Dave Campo right here on XL Primetime hanging out with us. And now let's hang out with John McClain. Now. Yeah. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Decades with the Houston Chronicle, now still all things NFL in the city of Houston with all of his work, sports radio and podcasts. Welcome in, John. How are you? I'm doing great. I work for gallerysports.com and there's no paywall. <laughs> I started working for Mattress Mac, our gambler renowned here, 175 million on the world series and it has been a ball because i get to cover things besides football for the first time in 46 years that's interesting i love hearing that john and so that's almost like a gateway that opened for you and you're like wow there's all there's more than just football i went back to 1977 my first oilers training camp and there was a period of what was called the love you blue oilers in which they were the second best team in the nfl unfortunately the steelers were in their division the AFC Central, they played in uh, the AFC Championship game after 78 and 79 seasons, and they lost at Three Rivers both years. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to get to cover a Super Bowl here. 
And then they never came close. Bum Phillips got fired, and then they had a seven-year stretch to run and shoot Oilers with Warren Moon, Bruce Matthews, and Mike Munchak, and they went to the playoffs every year. Never got beyond the divisional round. The Texans have never gotten beyond the divisional round, but I got to write about the Astros. In one stretch, I wrote eight consecutive Astros columns, and it's the first time here, and I've been here now 48 years, that I was able to write about a local champion. And I hope someday <laughs> that my buddies in Jacksonville get to write and broadcast about a local champion. John, this is this is Dave Campo. How you doing? Hello, Dave. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Listen, I'm a lot like you because for 46 years I hated the media. Now I am one, and I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's funny. You know how when you're talking for money, Dave, it's like stealing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's get into that idea that this uh, city might be able to celebrate something soon. Uh, and, and look, John, the, the turnaround, and I give uh, Trevor all the credit in the world, but then I go right on top of that and I give Doug Peterson all the credit in the world. He brought stability and a plan to this franchise, and I don't think people uh, – it, it's it's underrated, I think, in a lot of people's minds. The Texans are headed for the first overall pick for the fourth time, and never has there been a quarterback available like Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck, who had been talked about being the first overall pick from their freshman years, and there's not this year. We hope in Houston they drive draft Bryce Young from Alabama, who, as as you guys know, he's undersized, but he's a great prospect, and if he were six six, he would be a no brainer as the first overall pick, but. After watching what the Jaguars went through last year with Urban Meyer and then getting somebody to bring a calmness to all the turmoil like Doug Peterson, who had been out and was ready to come back, it was a really good move. And this stretch where we're on right now, we're five out of seven, and Lawrence has 14 touchdowns and one interception. That's what you get from a quarterback who is a generational talent, and they've done a really good job of uh, filling in around him. I remember back in March, you're, we're yawning around the NFL and saying, ah, Chad Khan's blowing his money again, trying to win March. And then I see what the receivers and the tight end has done. And then getting Travis Etienne back after a year, feeling comfortable enough to trade James Robinson. They got it going on. I felt terrible losing too light, too uh, smooth and Cam Robinson, and but right now, starting next year, people are going to pick the Jaguars to win the division. Other three teams need quarterbacks desperately, and the, and the Jaguars got balance, and they got a coach who's won a Super Bowl, and so it's going to be strange. It'll be like it was in 2018 when we all thought the Jaguars were a Super Bowl contender after coming so close the previous year, and hopefully this year they can carry it to fruition. We're talking with John McClain. McClain on NFL and, of course, now with Gallery Sports. Hit him, hit him, Coach. John, uh, you know I've been with where the takes Texans are, and one of the hardest things is keeping your team focused and, you know, going forward at the end of the year. And Lovey seems to be having this team playing hard. What do you feel about that? Dave, uh, going into the Cowboy game, we assumed they would lose out. Lovey and his staff would be cleaned out. They'd keep Nick Casario as the general manager, let him draft the first overall pick, hopefully quarterback. And then they go to, to uh, AT&T Stadium and scare the hell out of the Cowboys. 
And, okay, the Cowboys couldn't get up for them. They're looking ahead. You can understand that. And then here comes Kansas City, and they take Kansas City overtime. And uh, Davis Mills, the quarterback, fumbles trying to run. And, and then the next play, Mahomes uh, helps them win it. And people are like, whoa, you know, how do you explain it? Then, yes, the Titans had injuries, but the Texans have six players that are gone, five on offense. So it's not like they don't have injuries, too. And to beat the Titans, that's two years in a row they've won in Nashville. People say, well, they had Malik, Malik Willis. If they had Ryan Tannehill. And I said they had Tannehill up there last year when the Texans beat him and intercepted him four times. So it's a credit to Lovey and his position coaches. The position coaches, and you know because you were one, they never get enough credit. They're the guys, the guys that coach these guys every day behind the scenes. And to me, when guys play hard, they're playing hard just as much for the position coaches as they are the coordinators and the head coach. And right now, they're playing very hard. Lovey said last week, all we can play for is trying to have the finish on a finish on a roll, have the best record in the AFC South, and we're figuring, okay, do they want to win out? And of course, coaches and players do, and blow the first pick, or and possibly end up like, you know, you think the Jets wish they'd won one fewer game and they wouldn't add Zach Wilson, they could add Trevor Lawrence and. So there's a lot of people here, mainly fans and media, want the number one pick. But you know teams always want to win. And the fact they've beaten the Jaguars nine times in a row, and I'm sure the Jaguars are tired of hearing about that, even though the game doesn't mean anything. And and then the Texans play at Indy to finish the season, and right now they're struggling. So if they were to win both those games, it wouldn't surprise me. And if they were to lose both those games, it wouldn't surprise me. But I do believe they'll be close because of how hard they've been playing. A couple more for John McClain. You can definitely check him out now with his new venture at Gallery Sports. And then, of course, McClain on NFL on social media, along with work on Sports Radio 610. I I look at all the L's, as you mentioned, John, nine straight. I look back at the last win, which was December of the playoff year here, and it was a 45-7 thumping. I feel like... To exercise a demon, this team needs to be able to put up that type of score. Can you see this team against the Texans team with that uh, with that firepower? The Texans have the worst run defense in the NFL. And when teams run the ball on them, you use more plays. You don't hit big plays. They haven't given up big runs. They haven't given up big pass plays. Lovey Smith plays a lot of two-deep coverage. Keep everything in front of you. You know, he's always believed – when defensive backs are looking at the ball instead of the receiver, they got a better chance to have a takeaway. So I don't see the Jaguars blowing them away. I think I picked today uh, on my talk show, I picked the Jaguars 20 to 17 because they'd have to come out throwing the ball like crazy. And nobody does that against the Texans because they were able to run the ball. And, and it's strange. The Texans have, given up on their last four games. In their last five games, they've given up four touchdown passes. Now, yes, they just played Malik Willis, but they gave up two to uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. They didn't give up any to Dallas. So they have not. They got a lot of young defensive backs. Pass rush is okay, nothing special. But they're, they're playing well in the red zone. And usually when they lose, it's because their offense, the passing game, has regressed incredibly. 
with Davis Mills when Pep Hamilton took it over. And the one thing I'm sure about here is Pep Hamilton's going to get fired because Mills, that everybody was so high on him after the last five games of last season, has not had one full good game. No, he, he except for well, not even him. It was Damian Pierce that ran all over this uh, this football team when they ended up uh, beating him thirteen to six, which was, was still is a head scratcher to this day. All right, John. So before you go, just let everybody know what you are up to, how they can find you, because you've been a fixture, uh, and I know a lot of fans want to want to be able to keep up with you. Well, thank you, Joe. It's gallerysports.com. There's no paywall, and uh, I write for them four times a week. And Sports Radio six ten Texans flagship. I write for them. Three and I do three podcasts and six talk shows with them, eleven around the country. I'm staying busy. Turn seventy one. I'm having a blast. I uh, wish my team was a little bit better, but I'm fired up about the draft because when your team's bad, that's all you can get fired up about. <laughs> it is the truth. We have been there before. Thank you, John. We hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Joe John. And Dave, thank you very much and happy new year. Yeah, happy, happy new, new year, year, John. For sure. That's awesome. That just Happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some quarterback news out of the NFL. This from Adam Schefter. This is very interesting. Raiders are benching Derek Carr and turning to Jared Stidham for the remainder of the season. Wow. Wow. All right, so we need to dig into that with Dave. We're going we're gonna to stay on the Jags, but I posed the question to Leon earlier. Uh, who, who out there among the quarterback crop can you trust anymore this late in the year and I threw some numbers out to the fans as far as what Derek Carr can cost the Raiders next year I'll repeat those coming up in just a moment because they are scary pricey numbers and they may have just told us what they're going to do XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. I just like some of this old Southern rock. Michael in the middle gave me a, a playlist, and he's got some of this. He's got like all the different like alternative folk, some old. Southern rock all mixed in there, and I love it. So that took me back because J.J. knew that during the break when he came out with that just happened uh, with the report from Adam Schefter that Derek Carr's being sat down. I went straight to the numbers yeah. <laughs> just to see if I could catch a line. Yeah, yeah. listen, I knew you went fast too, uh, I'll tell you. Oh, my gosh. And so just, <laughs> just for the heck of it, Coach, I'm looking at, and they play, who is it, the Niners. Niners, yeah. And so they play, and I'm just trying to look just for the regular regular website. Anyway, they were a about a, a touchdown dog against the Niners. This one site now has them as a nine-point dog, but the other site that I went to had took taken it, them took it off. off the board because <laughs> <laughs> they knew. All right, so if you're just tuning in, and we said this right before we went to break that the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders need to make a decision about Derek Carr. And we set up the show today, you know, what quarterback can you count on? And I would put Derek Carr uh, far from that list because I don't think you can necessarily count on him right now. They have 
been such an up and down and really a disappointing team after making a play for Devontae Adams to come in and prop up that offense. And Derek Carr is a 24-touchdown, 14-pick guy. And they have not won their share of ballgames. So when Adam Schefter tweets out that they are sitting down Derek Carr, did it say the remainder of the season? JJ? No, but that's what I assume. Okay, so that's what you you, you we're only talking it's two for games this left. Next game, but yeah, they only have two games. And so Jarrett Stidham is being brought in as the starter. You immediately thought what? Well, this is an out year as far as the the cap and all those things. Uh, JJ read me the. Mm-hmm. The cap hits for the next three years, and they're not very much. No, this is it. They could get rid of them pretty easily. I think it's um... – Well, I'll just give you the, – the way the way I read it this morning is that it is a zero cap hit the next three years. He has a – They have a potential out, and if they pick it up, they would have to pay him for the yeah. next three years. But, yeah, they could get out right after the Super Bowl. They have a really short amount of time that they yeah. can – So there is a, a, a soft, small cap hit that they would be looking at. It's five, right. six, seven million dollars $5, And they would be on the hook. If they sign him within the first three days after the Super Bowl and they pick up that option, right. he is due $40 million. Yeah. Right. They ain't paying that. They ain't paying that. Nope. And nope. so this, I believe this is a, now. Your I'm, new Indianapolis Colts quarterback for 2023, <laughs> yeah. Derek hey, Carr, write it down. Don't be surprised. Yeah, I another reason. I'll tell you that because, yeah. you know, you can say whatever you want about the guy. He's a little bit inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But he, he has won games and been to playoffs. What's amazing, though, is that they went last year with a hello Devontae, and now it's going to be a goodbye Derek. And I'm looking at these numbers, Coach. There was a time not that long ago, I think it was maybe two seasons ago, where he had the highest completion percentage in the league and and, and played a lot of mistake, mistake-free football. But if you go back and you look at this year, 53% completion percentage, 52 55, 53, 62, 58, 57. That's no bueno. That is bad. Yeah, and 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 to be honest with you, uh, you know, some of it can be attributed to the fact that Josh McDaniel comes in with a different offense. Mm-hmm. You know, he's having to, you know, go along with that. Or it could be Russell Wilson. You're losing your 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 ability to yeah. do what you've been doing, and and that that is the decision that has to be made because in essence if they felt he was progressing within the system and that right. he was getting more consistent they would probably pay him because you just don't go out and get a quarterback no you don't it's not that easy and especially when we talk about what's available we just mentioned John McClain just mentioned Bryce Young you you put another half a foot on on, on that frame no, you got no problem taking him number one overall because he is a, a Really, really solid decision maker, gifted passer, can move, but he's what five ten, five eleven. Yeah, and then you you know just going out and getting a quarterback. Uh, you look at uh, C.J. Stroud from mm-hmm. Ohio State. He's one of the top looking guys, and I'll be honest with you, I've seen him uh, a one hit. You know, mm-hmm. it's either open, he gets it, or if, or it's a struggle. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm not a CJ. You know, this that's what you have to make a decision on, and how you're going to approach the next. The next year, you there's know? just there's just so few good ones right now. We mentioned the the numbers stat wise, and the way Trevor is playing, he is jumping over people right now, and the way they are playing is dropping them right now. You want to talk about one guy who's a bit of a renaissance man who's had a nice comeback this year is Jared Goff. 
Yeah, he really has. Absolutely. But by no means is he a guy that you say, "Oh, yeah, he, he he's a he's our solution for the next four years." But we were talking about it earlier, Coach Trevor Lawrence is right now a top ten quarterback. You may or may not put him ahead of Jalen Hurts because of the type of year that Jalen Hurts has had, but you easily could come up with an argument why he would deserve to be up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no question. Uh, you know, I've been saying that for the last uh, – I heard the stats over a seven-game period, but after a, over a five-game period, mm-hmm. he's as good, if not better, than every quarterback. Right. I, I know he's in the top three in almost every category that you look at in a quarterback situation over, over a, a seven-game period of time. So, you know, they've got their guy. There's no question there, and, and uh, that's very fortunate – for the Jaguars because those guys just don't come along all the time. Yeah, so he basically uh, is also playing for history here as far as what he's been able to do, throwing the football and running the football, and he's doing just so many good things from a not not a mistake-free, but minimizing the mistakes and rewarding his team with big plays. It's not like he's eliminating the mistakes by playing conservative. He's He's still playing aggressively. Yeah, he's doing what he's done uh, for for his whole career. Uh, again, the only thing I have not seen him do is just load up a, a bunch of fades and and posts and right. and those kind of things. And that's going to come when you get some receivers that can separate a little bit better, and you got a better feel for the guys that are going to go deep. If Ridley comes next year, mm-hmm. I fully expect there be to be more big plays if mm-hmm. he's here. All right, how about a round of applause too for Riley Patterson? He was the AFC. Special teams player of the week. This was a guy that I was riding right out of town. I'm yeah, like, how Riley? Many people expected him to still be on this team at this point in the season. Isn't that crazy? Jeez. And he hit all those field goals. They needed him the other night. There was one touchdown scored in that game, and he was able to boot through four of them. And so he's the AFC special teams player of the week. And, and let's face it, they, they, there haven't been too many players of the week on this franchise in a while. All right, we keep it going with Coach Campo. Uh, we'll get back into the Jaguars and some of the, the keys that we just you know kind of touched on as far as beating the Texans and then staying on that big news. Derek Carr sat down in Vegas, uh, and now Jarrett Stidham up to finish that season for LV. You said you rest guys who are injured. Is there anybody who injured who's injured and falls into that category? Uh, not at this time, no. I think everybody, everybody will be in a position to, to play that can play, yeah. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Doug Peterson, that cut courtesy of Jaguars.com. Everybody will be in position, which means you can get guys back. Uh, But as we hang out right here on XL Primetime, thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton, let's get into that topic about whether you should play guys or not. Joe C., along with our head coach, Dave Campo, uh, as we get ready, by the way, for into the night at 3 o'clock this afternoon with one Rick Ballou rolling in in just a little bit. But what do you think, Coach? There are no luxuries right now. You can't rest anybody. Keep this bad boy rolling. Well, I'm glad Doug said what he said, you know, and and, and I was pretty darn sure that he was going to say what he said. Uh, th- this team has got momentum. They're mm-hmm. young. Uh, they, he's got them with the one-game mentality. Even though this game is different than the next game after that, it is an important ball game from the standpoint of momentum. Right. And if you're the team that you think you are and the way our team thinks they are, you, you want to keep winning. 
And, and, and that's the key. Now, you know, we did talk a little bit about, you know, if somebody's injured and, and there's a chance that it's, you know, uh, Leon says it all the time about the difference between being hurt and injured. Mm-hmm. If a guy is injured and he has a chance to recuperate enough to be really effective in the next one, maybe you, right. you think about it. Right. But uh, if a guy's just hurt, you know, put a little ice on it, like he said, and, uh, and, and go. And yeah. the only guy that I – I don't know where Walker is. I don't know where Fadakasi is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where Jawan Taylor is. Right. But I do know this. If Sheriff is not – if he's 60%, that would be the only one I would consider. But mm-hmm. the problem with that is offensive line, you don't want to have a substandard offensive line out there with Trevor Lawrence in no. a game. So, you know, I think they're all going to play and, and – you know, you can say if somebody gets hurt, you say, well, why did he do that? That can happen at any time. That can happen in the first play of the next ball game that's really important that somebody goes down. So you can't worry about that. No, you have it, to worry about winning football games. Yeah, and, and, and you, this team is just getting used to this, okay? They went through five losses in a row, and now they're just – they've won five of their last seven. And so you're now – you still haven't beaten 500. You know that you still have not beaten 500. You are seven and eight, and and get to eight and eight, then get to nine and eight, and then think about what comes after that. That's really the only way you can look at it. And I'm not saying these are layups or guarantees or anything like that, because Jacksonville's proven over year over the years nothing is really easy. But go out and beat your rival and tell them that this is your division now. That's the key right there. It's two division games, regardless of whether or not they meant anything or not. You know, uh, I think some people overuse, we do it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everybody does it, meeting, meaningful games in, 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 you know, December or whatever. Right. They're all meaningful games. Yeah. First of all, you got a bunch of people in the stands that are paying five, $600 uh, mm-hmm. to get to the in once they get to the game. Mm-hmm. So the games are meaningful. We're professionals. We, we, you know, that's, the games are meaningful. Now, there are some that are more meaningful. That's what right. we're in right now. And I think that the, the uh, Texan game is just as meaningful as the last one, in my mind. Yeah, and, and it's now Royce Freeman instead of uh, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce was able to run uh, on the Jacks. That was a low-scoring game. There were less than 20 points scored in the game. But at the same time, they got to make sure they button him up. The other guy, Davis Mills, as both Seth Payne and John McClain told us, you know, he's right now not operating – uh, at, at a decent clip. they got to make sure they corral and, and, and do not let him make a big play against This is defense. going to be an interesting one for our defense because, mm-hmm. you know, if you ask me, uh, you know, how are we going to do mm-hmm. going forward here? You know, I still have a concern for the defense. You know that. And, and it's personnel mm-hmm. and, you know, just uh, everybody being on the same page. And, you know, they've made up for deficiencies – with turnovers. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't happen all the time. So the more these guys can play and, and try to be more consistent and, and win, the better off they're going to be. And, and, and the thing that concerns me a little bit about the Texans is that dual quarterback situation with Mills and, and uh, Driscoll. Because Driscoll has the ability to do with that Stradbur mm-hmm. or whatever his name was with with uh, yeah. Traveler, Reveler, Streveler, Streveler, or whatever his name is, you know, he can run the ball a little bit and yep. it presents a little bit different game. So 
you know, again, if we're going to play Willis the next week, I'm hopeful that Driscoll plays quite a bit because mm-hmm. you're going to get a, a, a dress rehearsal two weeks in a row to get ready for the third one because mm-hmm. Willis can run. And that I, is and true. So it is this true. is not yep. a guarantee. Either one of these games are not guarantees. Mm-hmm. you got to go play and win, and this team has a lot of confidence they can do that. Let them do it. Yeah, and, and, and more than anything else, I think you just want to see in, in the orchestration of the game plan, both sides of the ball, because I think Mike Caldwell is just kind of catching a little bit of uh, what you hoped he had when he when he when he first got rolling, this defense was making things happen. They were sacking the quarterback. They were forcing turnovers. Then they went through that really long, quiet stretch where they could really had a difficult time stopping people. Josh Allen went eight games between sacks, and so now at the very least, they're getting to the quarterback. They now have gone on a run. I think it's five of the last six where they've had takeaways, and they've been able to do something with them. So. You want that stuff to keep happening. Yeah, just keep it going, and and I think that I think it's a credit mm-hmm. to to Coach uh, Caldwell mm-hmm. uh, that he's got his guys believing that they're you know that they're uh, can be a decent group. Yeah, there are so many people fired up on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. That's for sure as they get ready for this game, uh, and I'm just seeing all kinds of pictures. GIFs, everything come flying in. So we love it. We appreciate it. That's for sure. Uh, keep it coming. All right. Now, we'll keep it coming because after we are done into the night with Rick Ballou, we'll come up to the 3 o'clock slot. So he's, he's not going not gonna to let the sun go down. He's just going to bring it early in the afternoon. So we'll say hello to him uh, after a Modelo moment coming up. Hey, remember this? I don't believe what I just saw. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. You believe in miracles? Yes! Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. Feels the rush so well and throws for a touchdown. Terrace Marshall throwing deep. Has a man. Another touchdown. Jefferson hangs on this time for six points. Burrow. Dodges the rush, going for Jefferson again. It's another touchdown. Burrow deep again on target again. Jefferson again. Touchdown again. You know it was exciting when Sean McDonough almost lost that voice there for two. It's a second. Uh, and, and I'm next door at Big Vic's, and you know he's just like any other Cajun. Uh, he's he's nervous to start. And worried that was 2019, the Joe Burrow, Joe Brady led LSU Tigers, and they just absolutely pantsed the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, Lincoln Riley and company embarrassed the hell out of them. Was that that was the Kyler Murray led bunch? No, that was actually the Jalen Hurts. That was the Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. led bunch in 2019, and so Terrace Marshall gets a couple of scores, and then Justin Jefferson goes off with four touchdown receptions in the first half the other part of the story is Caleb on Chason has a couple of sacks in that game so what happens here in Duval uh Dave Caldwell picks uh one of two superstars out of that game Dave the wrong one yeah the wrong one <laughs> for sure the wrong one unbelievable because if there was any entry into the NFL it was a four touchdown first half yeah. from Justin Jefferson well you know the guy was there was no question the guy was a special cat it yeah. just uh you know, obviously, they felt that the pass rusher was going to be the thing, and this 
He just hasn't developed. Chase on did have two sacks in this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They it was forty nine to fourteen at half. Yeah, Chase on and Chenault instead of Jefferson and whoever the uh, second round superstar in the sack department was. All right, we'll ask this next guy what he thinks <laughs> about that transaction. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL on track with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. No, the sun ain't going down, but into the night is cranking up. Rick Uh, Blue joins us now. Uh, Honestly, Rick, uh, it it really, I guess maybe in some general manager's mind, it could have been a coin flip, pass rusher, wide receiver, you know, with those two superstars. How, I, I have uh, experienced what it's like to get every coin flip wrong when it comes to gambling, but that one was really, really bad. Yeah, it, it was uh, It was just awful. And uh, I think on Twitter, he's what, the sack master or yeah, yeah. sack specialist? Got <laughs> two sack career, guru, I think. He's got two, sa- two career <laughs> sacks. Okay. I love it. But, uh, hey, you know, everything's working. Um, now would smooth out. Peterson talked about him today. What if the light goes on for Caleb on Chase on, huh? What if he gets a sack this week at Houston? All of a sudden, next week here against Tennessee, we literally see him pin back the ears. You know, you you take, you know, coach, you know that you take the nail and you drive it right into the ear and you, <laughs> you, you send him after the quarterback. What do you think? Light goes on for Caleb on Chase. I, I, anyone going to take that bet? I would love it. It was pointed out on the text line earlier that how in the hell is this team Five and two with yeah. Chase on in it, and yeah, they were I know. Oh yeah. and five without him. In. I was just looking at uh, Jefferson, by the way. Forty-eight career games. He's got 4,772 yards. That, that means he's 18 yards away from averaging 100 yards a game it's in his insane. first 48 games. Yeah, Unbelievable. Insane. That's never yeah. – I mean, never Jerry Rice, done, right? Randy Moss, no, right, no so one can come close to that. You're a historical guy. You appreciate yeah. little history. And so I asked this question yesterday because we were in this uh, you know, discussion about MVP – 15, what did I say, J.J.? 15 in the last 18 have gone the quarterback way. Maybe right. maybe mm-hmm. 16 in the last 19. Whatever it is. Uh, Justin Jefferson goes over the 2,000-yard yep. mark. First ever receiver to do that. Right. Does, that that screams MVP. It could. Right? I mean, Tyreek Hill was off to that start early. He's tailed off a little bit. But it seems like every time you ring a quarterback, they seem to fall under it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened with – I mean, jo- listen, we gave the Super Bowl and the MVP to Josh Allen in the month of September. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's any longer uh, relevant. If, if you look at, you know, what Allen has done, he's still incredible. But uh, I wouldn't say MVP. I, I think if I was voting right now, it would probably be Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But you can absolutely make a case right now. And then you look at D.C., they're going back to Carson Wentz. Boy, did they make a mistake by letting Kirk Cousins go. It, it really feels like Cousins has been a guy who's never gotten the credit that he deserves. I, I think he's a better quarterback than uh, than people believe. He throws for a ton of yards. All right, what do you got uh, rustled up for the next three We got hours? it all here. Next three hours, a lot of college ball, a lot of pro ball. Uh, we're going to get a live report from Orlando. Florida State plays Oklahoma tomorrow at 530. Uh, Tim Brando uh, to join us talking about the semifinals mm-hmm. uh, to get to the national championship. So we'll do that with Timmy B., uh, the Philly Rooster is going to track the money on mm-hmm. these big college games, as well as the Jaguars in Houston, and our friend John Osher as well on the Jags. So we're going to be jam packed here for the next uh, three hours. Rick just made it made me think it's Friday because he's got all, all the goodies. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, that's a like pretty a good. That's a pretty good group right yeah. there that you got. Going. Uh, all right, brother, we're man. fired up. We're good to go. And coach, look forward to seeing you. I, I was out last time, man. I just I, I don't know what I had. It wasn't COVID. You know, whenever you get something nowadays, everyone just assumes that. It's COVID. You can still just get 
set. And that's what I did. <laughs> Match it. All right, thanks, dude. All right. All right, I know exactly what he's talking about. The, the, and by the way, they're still putting headlines out there. The Rona uh, is back uh, on the other side of this world. I hope it doesn't come this way. All right, we are out. We are out. Coach, uh, we will see you tomorrow at noon. Absolutely. Looking forward to it as always. All right, high noon. We say thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Uh, you can go out there high noon any day of the week. Before, after, you're going to get a great golf course. 287 play. We say thanks as they get ready to ring in the new year at the Golf Club of Southampton. Rick Ballou coming up next. Joe C., Coach Campo, Big Surce, and JJ with you tomorrow at noon.